Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for november 9th 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your wednesday evenings your lackluster wednesday evenings wherever you may be i am joined as always by jesse what is going on man not much how you feel bro I'm I'm all right, bro. I could, I could be a little bit better, but uh, I'm glad you're doing good, man. This guy was eating tacos before we actually went live on the air, man. I asked him to eat the taco on the air to show physical evidence that they are mid, and he said, yeah. "No, I will do no such thing." No, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna put that behind the paywall, bro. Of course you are. That's how you that's how you do it, man. He's putting his fucking from, tacos uh, behind a paywall. I learned from Fightful. Now you don't want to learn from them, bro. Give me a breath. Come on. Paywall, man. Come on, bro. If that's the case, you got to go get somebody as boring as uh, Denise. So go, go ahead. Go, go and do that. I saw a video clip of Denise the other day. It was far from boring. Well, she was shaving, right? She was shaving. You that's you great. you saw that. She was that's definitely great. shaving. Do I need to shave? I think I need to shave. I got Manscaped, bro. They're sponsoring the show tonight. We're, 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 all, we're all taken care of that. Anyway, we're not here to talk about fucking Denise shaving her face. 
We're here to that talk was about the best Manscaped ad ever. Dynamite, Dynamite from Boston. The geeks out there, the uh, gullible internet marks. <laughs> They thought, Sasha, really they thought Sasha Banks was going to show up on Dynamite tonight. Man, how fucking stupid can you guys be, really? Did they really believe that? Oh, Sasha Banks, she tweeted out a Boston mascot for the Red Sox. <laughs> Somebody. She tweeted out her. She tweeted out that she was walking to her limo with her luggage. She's got to be there, man. I must have missed her in the show, man. Jesus fucking Christ, man. She's not in Boston yet. She will be in Boston in about uh, three weeks for Survivor Series. She just played everybody. That, apparently, everybody thought was the major announcement because uh, in correlation to that, Tony Khan says he had a, a very newsworthy show tonight or noteworthy show. Uh, that did not happen. I think we all kind of assumed what the big uh, noteworthy uh, announcement was going to be when she came out. We might as well start at the top with this because it was the biggest thing on the nights. Stephen Darby. Who? No. Double J? It, my God, they, he's in a he's in a match <laughs> already. Double At J, the, double J. Oh. Two weeks in, bro. He's got a match on full gear, and Ricky Starks does not. Where's yeah. Miro? Miro doesn't have one. Where is Miro? I don't know. We'll get we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, Soraya. She is now cleared by several doctors. They are cleared. Uh, they cleared her, I should say, in AEW to wrestle. She is going one-on-one with Britt Baker at Full Gear. And I'm excited for it. I thought what the two ladies did tonight was fantastic stuff. Britt went at it with Soraya. Soraya cut a very passionate promo towards Britt Baker. Britt Baker was a little bit more... Uh, I wouldn't say more visceral, but uh, Britt was very direct. She obviously had some truths in there about her uh, and what she's done for the women's division, that this is her house and all these superstars want to come on into to the house that she's built. And that was the big announcement tonight. Match at full gear. I'm excited to see what the two ladies do. I'm excited to see Soraya back in there after uh, about five or six years. What do you think about the match, Jesse? Are you excited to see it? And the one reservation that I have about all this, and uh, I think most of you know me enough to know where I'm going with this, as does Jesse. Uh, this is bigger, and maybe it should be. I, I don't know, but I don't know if it should be positioned as such. Uh, this is bigger than any of the women's championships happening on full gear, bro. And I don't think that should be that way. I think this should be a standalone match on its own, but you know, in typical TK fashion, he's made this match more important than the title match between Tony Storm and Jamie Hader, and I don't really think that's the way it should be. No, where, where, so where are my Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm sit downs? I don't know. With Renee, where I want to see them sit down with, with Shivani or Jim Ross even. That'd be fucking great, actually. Um, To build that title match. You're right. You know, the most important women's match coming up, according to what AEW is telling us, is Britt Baker versus Soraya? Yeah, that should not be. No, That's I don't think it should. I don't you, think you it have, should be. You have not one. You have two women's titles on the line at full gear, and the most important women's match going on is Britt Baker versus Soraya. That should not be. That that is that is that is a top notch fail. 
Now, some people may think otherwise. Some people may disagree with what we're saying. I'm sure Britt Baker disagrees with what we're saying. Some I'm sure Soraya disagrees some, with some what we're saying. Some people think the election was stolen. I mean, just... I, I mean, still, in 2024. I mean, I don't, I'm not here to talk about that nonsense. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, th this is the same thing that we complain about. And I want to make everybody aware, okay? I've been complaining about this shit for years in WWE. Now, I'm not praising WWE's women's division. On, on the weekly, I praise nothing about their women's division, really, outside of a couple of things. That they're in a fucking shithole in their own right. And hopefully War Games fixes that. They got their own problems. But you don't see WWE doing that with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is positioned as the most important thing in that entire division. And when Charlotte Flair, I, I, I hate using her in this way, but when she's champion, they don't position any other fucking one-off feud uh, bigger than the, the women's championship. You know, why is it that way in AEW? Why are people not speaking up? Why? And, and this is what I don't get to. Oh, JD is a sexist. Uh, here I am. Again, once again, mind you, this is uh, how many times in fucking four years now, sticking up for the women's division and the lack thereof. Why is the women's championship on the fucking back burner? I don't get it. This entire fucking pay-per-view seems to be on the fucking back burner. And now it's about time that I start fucking kicking some ass when it comes to AEW, instead of kissing it like people fucking think I do. Jesse, where's the fucking bill for this pay-per-view? You were just telling me that the lack of ticket sales is not really going all that well for AEW going into full gear. Why is there no sense of urgency for this pay-per-view? I don't get it. Jesse was even talking about how they fucking botched MJF and John Moxley. Where's the fucking bill? That should be that should be the most important match on the entire card. And um, I, I guess it is. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. I guess it is, sure. Um, but it's 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 lacking. It's severely lacking, man. We should have we should have promos of of utter venom coming from NJF directed towards Moxley and with Renee in the company and on TV, my God, man, what did we miss out on? What did we miss out I, on? I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's almost as if Tony Khan bought out fucking creative and long-term booking when he's trying to buy out CM Punk's contract. Punk left the fucking company. Did the fucking long-term like booking go with him? It feels like he's been too busy dealing with all of the, the all-out fallout, the, the buyout, and the returning elite and everything else going on. And then maybe he just dropped the full gear build. I don't know. But it not to say that the show's gonna be bad. The show could be great, but um the ride should be just as good as getting to the destination at the same time. I I don't know. I don't I don't know what the fucking ride is. I feel like I'm on a fucking Greyhound bus instead of riding on a fucking uh you know in the highway with the windows down, music blasting in the fucking Mustang, bro. What the fuck is going on here? I mean, we got Jeff Jarrett on the show. We got Jeff Jarrett on TV, and there's no fucking Miro. No Miro. No Miro. No Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks went through a fucking uh, garage door by the hands yeah, of Lance got, Archer. Yeah, Ricky Starks came out on Rampage and told us shit was about to change. He's about to make his mark. You know, he's about to do what he needed to do. And I see him tonight, and he get his ass beat. The no. only thing, the only thing that legitimately has any fucking heat going into it, I, I listen. MJF is going to generate heat the way MJF does. I'm not, I'm not zinging MJF and John Moxley. I mean, 
they're, they're trying to do something. I don't know what the fuck it is. MJF wasn't even in the building. So oh. they're trying to sell this match based on the promo work of both guys with both having promos tonight, one in the arena, and then ESPN did MJF, which I appreciate. I thought that was an incredible segment. But the only thing that seems to have any heat going into this pay-per-view is the acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory. That's it. I get get Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And that that too. I mean. Yep. That that has the most heat going into it for me. It's a a blood feud. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Because it's long-term booking. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what kind of outcome we're looking at. I want to see if we're gonna get an interference. I want to see. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I really want to see how that, how that how that few plays out. They were best friends. Jungle Boy got screwed over. Then he got screwed over again, and everything. That's interesting. That is interesting. Everything else can just land where it lands. We'll see. It it may be great by the end of the match. It might not. If it's not, then I'm gonna blame the build. If it is, I'm gonna say, okay, well, all right, you know, it worked out at the end. But I and like, I mean, this is a good point. Nothing has any real, real fucking heat to it. None. Nothing. It seems it seems very directionless. It seems very. It, it seems like mid gear instead of fucking full gear. I don't know what yeah. we're doing here. This at this is point, the- I'm even expecting MJF to lose the match because of Stokely Hathaway. Either so, either MJF loses because of the firm. Or he wins because of the firm. And it was all big, one big ruse. Even, even if you are an AEW diehard and one of these AEW elitists, there's no way you can fucking defend what we're seeing on TV right now. There's no, there's no storytelling at all. Where's the storytelling? All I see is fucking Ring of Honor this, Ring of Honor that, oh. and, you know, maybe a little semblance of story here with the acclaimed and swerve, which has been building up. And outside that, nothing. Nothing. You have one of the best in the entire industry in MJF. And look at what he's doing in in what is probably his biggest match ever for the world championship. And the story is absolutely lackluster. What's the story? Oh, the firm turned on MJF. What's the story? Oh, MJF is going to win and show everybody that he's truly here to stay and not cheat to win. He's not going to use the dynamite diamond ring. What's the story? This is not the MJF that I want to see. The MJF that I want to see is fucking shitting on Renee Young, like you said, blasting her to fucking high heaven because she's married to John Moxley. I want him to go in there like he went against CM Punk and call out John Moxley for his shit that he did in GCW, call him trailer trash and all this other shit. Well, what is this? What is this toned down version of MJF that we're getting unless... We're going to get the real MJF to reveal himself, which I had alluded to a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be the devil in sheep's clothing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this, either, either way this goes, it's going to make no sense. Because if it's a legitimate heel turn for MJF, then it makes no sense. If it's him um, just trying to pull one over on everyone and it's a, it's a double down turn, that makes no sense because they already did that with Cody. They literally did the same thing. They had MJF straddling the, the tweener baby face line and did a double down to come back at the end of the feud. They've already done this. So either way, this is not going to end well. I don't understand why they're flirting with this baby face thing with MJF. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel organic and no one wants it. Not even MJF. I'm sure he doesn't want it. Do, do you know, do you want me to tell you guys what the best visual is for this pay-per-view? 
Look at look at the build for this pay-per-view. I'm going to throw something at you, and, and this is basically the, the entire synopsis of Tony Khan's full gear build. He brings in Jeff Jarrett last week, and Jeff Jarrett is already on the fucking card. There's absolutely no fucking way anybody's going to try and convince me that the plan was for full gear after all these weeks. When was their last pay-per-view? Uh, Labor Day. All these weeks. Yeah, the plan is going to be Jeff Jarrett teaming with Jay Lethal against Sting and Darby Allen. There's no fucking way you can tell me that was in the in the cards for the last two months. This is basically on the fucking fly booking, and this is basically Vince McMahon-esque. I don't want to joke around because it's fucking nightmares when I say it. It sounds like Bruce Pritchard. It looks like Bruce Pritchard. It feels like Bruce Pritchard's booking this show, which we know he's not. But Jesus fucking Christ, I'm going to have to ask Tony Khan to snap the fuck out of it, really. Because this, this is not what AEW is. We, we expect, and the reason why I'm hard on them is because this is not what we were given the last three years. We were given something that was of, you know, utmost excellence and, and direction and fucking feel. And there was a sense of urgency and a sense of excitement. Where's the fucking excitement for this show? I feel like I'm watching a dull, a dull episode of Monday Night Raw on Wednesday nights. I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. Wednesday nights yeah. usually was my escape. Now I got to sit there like I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for the excitement to happen. When I start putting basic results on Twitter, you know I'm not really impressed about what the fuck I'm watching on this show. That's my yeah, rant. I don't know. It's... It's yeah. You know, it, it 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 is it is definitely it is definitely missing. It's missing something. It really really is, man. And no build is gonna be perfect. No pay per view is gonna be perfect. No one's looking for perfection. But at the same time, we're not looking. I mean, it. We're not looking at anything super exciting either. Yeah. No. I mean, we're, we're really not. It, everything from the top of that card, you know, pretty much through the bottom, you can kind of poke holes through the creative of it. Okay, for instance. We got so Sting has been out, right? Injured. Yeah. All right. We got a tease of Sting coming back with some no name guy coming back in a Sting mask. Two dimes. I forgot who it was already. Two dimes. The guy that Tony D'Angelo dumped into the East River. Ah, okay. So he comes back in a Sting mask. And then we get an announcement that Sting is going to be wrestling at the pay per view. Yeah. You know what we didn't get through all of that? A returning sting. No sting. No sting on TV. Jeff Jarrett just comes I, I, and says, hey, I'm back. I'm on, on AEW TV? TV now. Hey, let's wrestle sting. Yeah. You booked him in a match. He hasn't, I mean, dude, he could have came out and did a, and, and, and did a rescue with for Darby in this feud or something. Or something. Then came out and said, I'm tired of this shit. We do it. We burying this at the pay-per-view. You know, the four of us, something. It's just, uh, nope. Sting is a Sting. Nope, not Sting. Someone else. But Sting will be at the pay per view. What? <sighs> All right. I guess he will. Can't wait. How many? How many incredible minds do they have working in that company? And this is the best television that they're producing. If we don't see the elite back on television, and oh, then no, we're not seeing them to the fucking pay per view. Say again. We're not seeing them to the paper. I know, I know, I know. Well, that's, I mean, that's what basically they alluded to tonight. If we don't yeah. see the elite back on television and in something absolutely mind-blowingly fucking awesome, if we don't see the elite in a fucking trios program with goddamn House of Black, I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck they need to do, but they need to, they need to start using their talents like that, and, and they, they need to start injecting excitement back into the fucking show. 
I mean, I, I what do we got on TV? We got fucking Ethan Page. I love Ethan Page, but I mean, it's not it's not generating any interest. It's just there. The fucking best friend, Trent Beretta. Who, who did Trent Beretta fight? A Jay Lethal? Are you fucking serious? Bro, we get about what is two this weeks shit? to full gear. What? what, what we got two weeks to full gear, back? and we got Trent Beretta on fucking <laughs> TV, who factors into nothing. No. No. And, 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 and not a knock on them, because the best friends with Orange Cassidy should be knee-deep into a trio's titles feud. That's where those guys need to be. I'm not sure why Orange is the All-Atlantic champion. He should be knee-deep into a trio's titles feud. He, they should be striving to get those. The, the trio's division is deep. Yes. No one gives a shit. No one is trying to call out the Dev Tri. No one's trying to go after these damn titles. Why not? I don't know. Where the, the fuck are they? Who, yeah. Who are the contenders? How many people in the, in the Jericho Appreciation Society? None of them want to get together and say, hey, let's go after some gold? Where? I mean, come on. The Dark Order. None of these guys want to get together. And we, we put, we, we, we theorycraft all of these fucking trios uh, teams before they had titles and praised how great the division could be. Well, these teams still exist for the most part. You still get the, the Blackpool Combat Club. No one is going after these trios titles. Everything has just fallen flat on its face. The trios championship should have the, the House of Black, the Blackpool Combat Club, the Elite, the Best Friends, the Death Triangle. I mean, look at the amount of fucking matches that would come out of those five teams. Yep. That should be a centerpiece for your television show. Wardlow has been in nothing. He wrestled Arya Davari tonight. Why? Bro, why? Imagine, imagine a well-built trios titles match for full gear in a ladder match. In a ladder, ladder match. match, you could even do Wardlow and FTR as a fucking trio, or FTR and Sean Spear. I don't know, fucking anything. I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The All Atlantic Championship. Jesse just said, "I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's fantastic." But Jesus fucking Christ. That title should be on Miro. Oh, that God, would be yes, a way to get Miro title. back on television. Orange Cassidy's wrestling this guy and that guy. I mean, fine, but why couldn't his first champion should be a trio championship? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you the weird part about Orange Cassidy being a champion. His whole gimmick is basically he doesn't care, right? Yes. He's like whatever, you know, lazy about it. I don't care. I don't care. We'll see. Whatever. If he doesn't care about that title, why should we? I don't know. Tony Khan clearly doesn't give a fuck about the title. I, I, I also, I just want to double back. When the, the day this title debuted, I said first and every day since, this title does not need to exist. No. It just does not need to exist. Half the, the fucking the, titles the, in the this company don't need to exist. has too many titles has been going around and around and around. I mean, amongst many of people who talk about this product. And that is the very first title I would put under review if I was to try to reduce titles in AEW. That All-Atlantic Championship, it's just, you got to find somewhere to put it. You're always shoehorning it into something. It needs to go. Well, if Miro won the fucking title, I mean, listen, I have no problem with Pac winning the title, but if Miro, if Miro got the title when he was supposed to, at some point between then and now, 
I don't think we'd be talking about it. We'd be, we, we would have Miro actually building the fucking thing up to be an important part of the television show. Uh, who the fuck knows with Tony Khan's uh, erratic booking? Look at what he's done to Wardlow. Uh, Look at what it. he's done They've... to Wardlow, bro. Now, now Wardlow is in a fucking feud with Samoa Joe and Will Hobbs, which I'm assuming we're going to get a triple threat match at the fucking pay-per-view because, God forbid, he leaves a fucking Ring of Honor title off the goddamn pay-per-view. So what does, what does he realistically do there? Look, look, at the, look at the lineage of what he's done here. We thought we were going to get Wardlow and Will Hobbs. The match didn't make any sense. Can't take the title off Wardlow because he's done jack shit with the fucking title. Will Hobbs, he can't lose a fucking match. You can't just throw him in a goddamn feud that's built from nothing in a match with Wardlow to eat a pin. I see people, geeks online, calling for Will Hobbs to win the title. What the fuck has Wardlow done with it? Now you, now you put Samoa Joe into the fucking mix, so Wardlow's going to end up beating Will Hobbs anyway in a triple threat match because he's not going to have Samoa Joe take a pinfall. That's the yeah. way I see it. Why is all of this erratic nonsense happening? I don't get it. Why is it so difficult to put this man in a fucking feud that means something? I don't I don't know. But at, at this point, now that I'm thinking about it now, I wouldn't even give Miro the All Atlantic Championship. I get that I, I I get the title off of Wardlow, get it back on the Miro, and put Wardlow back into something important because defending that title is nowhere near priority for him. Nor does anyone care about it. They dropped the ball with Wardlow coming out of his MJF feud. Everyone fucking knows it. They're still trying to get him back to where MJF got him. That has not that has not come to fruition just yet. It's 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 a complete clusterfuck, man. It's a complete clusterfuck. I don't know why Miro's not on TV, but it's starting to sound like there's something else going on that maybe we just don't know about. I don't know. To me. I don't know. Maybe. I don't want to insinuate anything. You know, I, I would I would very much like Andrade to get back to television, too. Hopefully, he'd still like to work here at some point. I think he's a valuable asset to the company, too. Who knows what's going on with him? He's been off ever since he got into that backstage uh, altercation with Sammy Guevara. But It looks like they're giving Roosh the storyline they had for Andrade. Yeah. I mean, I, listen. I I am hard on things that I actually fucking care about and love. This is not, This is not me... You know, hating on AEW because of what happened uh, a week and a half ago. Uh, it's nothing like that. Jesse and I both love the product and, uh, and both believe that they have all the necessities to get what they need to do on television and to make the television show the way that it should be. Something's going on there. Priorities are all fucked up. Tony Khan continues to have so much on his plate that he's, I don't know when these shows are written, how these shows are written. Why? I appreciate the fact that the shows uh, have flowed a little bit better. We, we got video packages, and we got Renee Young doing, or Renee Paquette, rather, doing what she needs to do. I, I mean, the shows are, 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 production value in the shows have been so much better compared to where they were. But now what's lacking is the storytelling and, and the sense of urgency. You know, Tony Khan, before not, is, is going to put this, this pay-per-view on the air and, and make it five hours and fill it with 14 matches that mean absolutely nothing to me. That's the last thing I want. Yeah. Who wants to watch five hours of a pay-per-view where basically all of the matches outside two have any story that we legitimately give a shit about? And to anyone in the AEW locker room listening, I've always said, man, we're going to be honest here. 
And, you know, and we've been nothing but honest from day one. So if it just seems like, oh, well, you guys took a turn over the last few weeks. No. We're just being, look, man, I mean, we are going to be honest with what we're given. And for the first, you know, three years or so, everything we've been given, you know, minus some hiccups here or there has been fantastic. But for the last few months out of this place, it's just, it's, it's, we're just, we're going to be honest. I'm sorry. If you come here to, to, to hear AEW praise, you come to the wrong place. You've been hearing praise because they deserved it. And they're deserving of everything they're getting from us right now. We're just going to be honest, guys. I'm sorry. Anybody that's watched me knows that uh, I have been always honest and fair about everything I watch, no matter who you are, AEW, WWE, no matter who you are. And this is the unfortunate circumstance now where I got to I got to take what I used to say about WWE and now apply it to AEW because I'm seeing the same fucking mistakes that I'm seeing in WWE when Vince was in charge now with Tony Khan running AEW. It's it's not a good feeling. And this is and for anybody that wants to say, oh, oh, the podcasters, oh, why don't you uh, go write your own show and start your own wrestling promotion and get in the ring and wrestle and then critique me all this other fucking nonsense that I heard over the last week and a half. We just gave you valid criticisms with explanations behind that. I don't know what what else we need to tell you. I mean, I've been doing this shit for way too long and watching too much pro wrestling since I was four years old, man. Give me a fucking break. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I see. I know what I watch. I know what needs to be done. I'm not the only one sharing these fucking criticisms. Hopefully, everybody's sharing these criticisms. Maybe maybe that uh, would snap some sense into them. And if I did just stop and go out and start a promotion and do it and everything else, I would be understanding that that's going to come with critics. Yes. It, it's it's a part of the business. All right. You want to know what's worse? If you don't have any critics because no one's watching, go out and look at a live impact review. How many are you going to find out there? One. Nobody's watching. We're watching. Even though it's not great television right now, we're watching. We're still watching. Why? Because we still have faith that it can get better. If we thought that this show was bad and had no no end in sight of ever getting better, I wouldn't do this review anymore. Jesse, you ready for the review? Nah, bro. I'm done watching this show. It's never going to get better. We have faith that it'll get better. It's just not there yet. And when it gets better, we will come here and give our opinions about how much better it has gotten. It just hasn't gotten there yet. It's like they have one good show and then they have four mid shows and then they have one good show and then they have three mid shows and one great show. Everybody's excited. Oh my God, a dynamite was great. And, and then we're back to being where the fuck is the urgency? Where's the sense of where's the passion? Where's the love? Where's the where's the energy? Yeah. Boston was great tonight. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. the show is just like, blah. what am I watching? I mean, bro. But- when so when we found out that Triple H was was gonna be in charge and everything else, I was so excited, thinking like, shit. Well, now we got AEW versus what WWE's true potential could be. And everything else, we're gonna have a real fucking you know. No man, it, it's the momentum just completely shifted on us right now. I mean, we can we just get both promotions at the top of their fucking game? That's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. Listen, and WWE's not riding the most captivating television either. They've been very oh. off the last five or six weeks. Dude, very off. What happened off. to Raw the last fucking three weeks? I don't know. 
What the hell? I don't know what's happening with any of these fucking SmackDown seemingly is the best show out of all three. Right now. By a long shot. Yeah. I don't know what's happening to these shows. I, I really don't. Yeah. We're gonna get in we're gonna get into what happened on Dynamite tonight. We got two thousand here in the venue. Thank you so very much, guys. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We will hang out at the end of the show. I'm always accepting applications for the VIP club. I'd love if you guys join. You get emotes, badges, all that good stuff. Uh, Members-only chats on Sundays when we do the flagship podcast live on YouTube. So make sure you guys go and do that. Hit that join button and become a channel member right here on OTS. And likes. I need the thumbs up. I need you guys to hit that thumbs up. A thousand likes minimum right here on OTS. That is the goal. So let's see if we could get uh, as close to that as possible today for the AEW Dynamite post-show on Off the Script. Jesse, Tony Khan today announced that there would be a very newsworthy show for Dynamite, and nothing really newsworthy happened on Dynamite tonight. I think this actually came from The Observer. Um, Tony Khan stated on Twitter that uh, Dynamite will be newsworthy. Brian Alvarez took to Twitter, or Wrestling Observer Live, I should say, and he thinks something big is happening. This was before tonight's show. Uh, it may have been related to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega before the show. That's what people were speculating. Uh, we did not get an appearance by them. Like you said, I do believe you are right. They will be at the pay-per-view, and that's the first time we'll see them back from suspension. But the big thing that happened tonight was Soraya, and we will talk about that a little bit later in the show because that was one of the big highlights of tonight. I, other than that, nothing else big happened. Nothing big. There was no return. There was no... Uh, there was no debut of a new signing, nothing. So everybody in that their, was like, in their defense, we did get to see Jeff Jarrett again. Yes, we got to see Jeff Jarrett again, and uh, he was front and center, and he made fun of Triple H, and he made fun of Braun Strowman, which we will that get. That was in. funny though. Yes, that was great. I love that. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't knock that. Jeff, listen. Jeff Jarrett knows how to fucking speak. Uh, I think he's a great promo. Do we want to see him on TV? Probably not. No. Probably. Right, probably a little bit of a hypocrite, seeing as how 15 minutes ago he was on that goddamn show working for that company. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, don't know. Well, I mean, uh, we, we, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We, we all know why he was fired, okay? It's not a secret to anybody. Anyway, Dynamite opened up tonight. AEW Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed. We got the uh, acclaimed teaming with FTR. And they basically hold every other tag team championship in the world right now outside the AEW Tag Team Championships and the WWE Tag Team Championships. They went up against the Ass Boys, the Gun Club. This is Austin and Colton Gun with W. Morrissey on the outside. I'm sorry, what? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The guns. The the sports. They changed the name to the fucking guns. The guns. Okay. I got it right here. My fucking dark notes. They changed the name to the guns. The, the guns. Okay. Right AKA there. AKA the ass boys. There you go. Okay. And then Swerve in our glory. This is Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Um, I thought this was a fun open. I mean, it wasn't anything all that spectacular. Big eight man tag. Um, we got FTR. Apparently they were in Osaka, Japan uh, over the past weekend. They're back in the States. And they will be, I don't know if you heard this, Jesse, FTR will be working Wrestle Kingdom in January. And apparently there's a tag team tournament happening right now in New Japan that includes the Aussie Open. So if you guys don't know about the Aussie Open, they are absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, FTR had wrestled them earlier in the year, or not too long ago, actually in October. And it looks like we may be heading towards that type of match again at Wrestle Kingdom, and FTR will be taking place in uh, the biggest show that New Japan puts on all year. I'm excited about that. Did you hear about that at all? I did not hear about that, but yeah. that's where they need to be because they are the goddamn IWGP yes. Tag Team fucking champions. Yes, and if they, they lose those, are... if they lose those championships, I'd be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't. But... Say again? I wouldn't. When you carry that many titles, dude, it's no surprise if you lose them at any point because it, it's got to be a creative nightmare for these promotions. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no better team to put them on than Aussie Open. I mean, they're 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 just fucking amazing. So I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't watch that product. I, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I have no clue. But they they can't hold they they cannot win the AEW tag, tag titles. They physically cannot carry any more fucking titles. Poor fucking Dasha, and and and. Fucking everyone else there can't sit there and, and list off all of their titles. Justin Roberts will be there for an hour trying to re- trying to read off all of their fucking acclimates, dude. It's you have to get those titles off of them because it really does make no sense as to why they're holding all of these titles and not your own, and they're not even trying to go after these. But now they are trying to go after these. So now are they going to win them? Because they're not. No one's taking those titles off to the acclaim right now. Nor should they be. Nor should they be. So I don't know what happens here. It seemed like they kind of rushed to this match. And I, I meant to say this at the start of the show. It seemed like they kind of rushed to this MJF Moxley match as well. It seemed, it, it's a match that we want to see. We can't wait to see it. That's great. It seems like they may have jumped it a little bit, like a little too soon, because taking the title off of Moxley again is a bad idea. But having MJF lose his first world title match is also a bad idea. They're going to piss a lot of people off if MJF doesn't win that title. Yep. Anyway, um, Max Caster's rap consisted of uh, Tom Brady, Herschel Walker, Kyrie Irving, and Ass Boy references. Five Bill- tacos. Five taco rap. Okay, there you go. Jesse gave uh, Max Caster a five taco rating for his rap. Okay. Don't even at me. Five tacos. Fantastic fucking 
rep today. Soon as he was done, Daddy S ran to the ring full sprint, like he was running the New York City Marathon, and he tackled Swerve in the middle of the ring. And we got uh, agents breaking it up. BJ Whitmer was there. Apparently, uh, Excalibur says he's very good friends with Billy Gunn. He broke it up, escorted Billy to the back. Austin Gunn and Dax, they opened up this match. They had a nice little sequence in the beginning of the match. Uh, Austin was uh, being pretty much uh, thrown into everybody's right hand, so he got punched all over the place. Uh, They used the ping-pong reference there on commentary, eating strikes from everybody. So now we got Cash and Strickland in the ring. Uh, Strickland jumped in. He uh, went back and forth with uh, Cash, and Strickland bailed from the, the ring. And then uh, Caster comes in. He has a face-to-face with Keith Lee. Caster cleaned house on everyone before the match broke down. FTR and Acclaim delivered 10 corner punches to each opponent. Uh, the heels were in trouble here. This allowed uh, the acclaimed and FTR to scissor uh, each other. And uh, we went to a first picture-in-picture commercial break. So the heels took over, typical of AEW. Heels took over during the commercial break. And it was Harwood who was being beaten down, getting the heel heat. Marcy wiped him out with a big boot on the outside. Austin uh, and Colton were in control here of FTR. Colton missed a big corner splash, which allowed Bowens to make the hot tag. Bowens hit uh, a famous variation on Colton Gunn, and then he goes for a cover. He gets a two count. The Guns hits or went for uh, big rig on Bowens. They actually hit it. Uh, they didn't do it as good as FTR, but they hit it. They got a two count off of FTR's finishing move. Then we had everybody in the ring. It was chaos. Keith Lee, he joined in, and the match broke down. FTR and the guns, they spilled to the outside. Lee powerbombed Bowens onto Caster, while Swerve and Lee hit a big double team, and Strickland wiped out everybody with a tornado dive to the outside. This led to a big superplex spot by Dax and Colton Gunn, who... Jumped onto everybody at ringside with that big superplex to the outside. Uh, Austin is in the ring now trying to mock uh, Road Dog. A little, he, I, I guess he, he mocked Road Dog. I mean, Road, everybody's mocking Road Dog on social media today after what the fuck he said about Bret Hart. So he was doing the suck it thing uh, because uh, obviously his father and, and Road Dog were tag team partners. Uh, we got Harwood locked on the sharpshooter, which uh, again, Road Dog had. Idiotic comments about Bret Hart today, which we'll get into in a little bit. Bowens and Caster dropped Austin with the spinning slam and Mike dropped. Colton was put away with the big rig, and that gave FTR and the acclaimed the victory here in the opening match. Fun opening match, Jesse. Really nothing spectacular. Uh, I know we've seen better as far as an open to Dynamite before, but we got the acclaimed and swerving our glory heading towards that tag team title match, which I'm very excited about at the pay-per-view. I think it's going to be hot. In New Jersey, I think we're going to get the heel turn from Swerve on Keith Lee in New Jersey at full gear. They're still teasing FTR and the Acclaimed as well, so it looks like the Acclaimed have their next opponents lined up after they get done with Swerve and our glory. All in all, it did what it needed to do. It wasn't all that, uh, you know, tremendous for an opening match, but it served its purpose. It did. I mean, it is It is what it, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, you put those guys in there, they can all work. They can all fucking work, and they work well together. So there's nothing to, you know, be upset about about the match itself. Um, I will say this, though. Because I want to see 
the acclaim, get this title run off to a good start and not fall under the category of, my God, pretty much every champion in the company right now. Um, I would love to see the acclaim's next feud um, and their next opponents push them a little bit. Um, I think the acclaim has a little bit of New Day in them when they're out there having fun. And I kind of want to see, I kind of want to see their next um, set of opponents kind of push that shit in a little bit and make them get serious and, and, and bring them to the brink of losing those titles. But yet they, they push through and still win. I want to see a more, I, I mean, I, I understand, you know, what their gimmick is and, and what brought them here, but I want to see, a, I want to see an intense side of them for their next feud though. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see that too. I've, I, I've said that about the new day too. They're best when they're actually, we're going to see the best new day on Friday when they go against the Usos for that tag team title uh, uh, reign that they're looking to preserve. That's when yeah. the new day is really good. Like I, I think the new day is kind of cringe with their comedy and whatnot, but when they are serious, it, it is very difficult to find any tag team better than the new day. It, they are really good. When the acclaim get to that point, it's going to be really, it's going to be eye opening. You know, yeah. I, I would love to see that. And that's a good comparison there. Uh, and I do think we will see that against F. They need to be that way against FTR because that's and, and, and FTR and FTR can get them there. Yes, they can get them because these guys are serious wrestlers. They don't play around with with these fucking with these fucking the rap intros and the scissoring and shit. No, 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 no flips. You know, just fists, dude. Just, they fucking fight. I want to see that part of them bring that part of the acclaim out. I think. Um, I think FTR can help get the acclaim over best by bringing that kind of view to them. Yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, now, I, I did mention Road Dog and his comments about Bret Hart. Apparently, I, I want to read you just a little clip from uh, what Road Dog said. This is ridiculous, being that I mentioned Road Dog before. He says, and I quote, for me personally, uh, that's all you're going to get from me ever is because that's all I got. It's my only reference point. I never saw the big deal with Bret Hart as a performer. I never understood it. He was a great worker, and I thought about saying good, but he was a great worker. So he was going to call him a good worker, not a great worker, but he ended up saying great worker. He worked better than me tenfold, worked circles around me. Don't ever think that I've told anybody I was a good wrestler because I haven't. And if you listen to my podcast, you know that's true. I don't think I was a good wrestler I don't think Brett was a great wrestler, so he just contradicted himself. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Brett, and I think that's where the money is, end quote. So now Road Dog is out here because he's got a podcast. And, and listen, I respect Brian James. I think he's always been relatively, uh, you know, respectful to me. He's never buried me publicly. Um, he gets me to an extent. But for him to say what he said there, that he was a better sports entertainer than Brett. Yes, because when you were around, it started to become, you know, more sports entertainment than when Brett was there. But that doesn't mean Brett wasn't a good sports entertainer. Brett entertained millions upon millions upon millions. Brett is a huge part of my childhood. Brett had charisma in his own way. And if anybody is out there saying Brett is not a great wrestler, you should not be able to speak on anything in this business because Brett and not a great wrestler should never be uttered by anybody ever. I don't get I don't give a fuck who you are. Brett is fucking incredible and will always be incredible. And I, I think comments like that, Jesse, you usually say it about 
fucking Disco Inferno and, and uh, what's his name, Eric Bischoff, shit set on their podcast to generate heat because they have nothing else going on for them. And you hit the nail on the head for me, and that's why I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to address that comment. I'm, I'm, nope. I'm not doing that one. Nothing to say. Brett is not a great wrestler, folks. You heard it from, uh, oh, you didn't know? Yeah, so clearly that, that's living up to his fucking uh, podcast right now. As he's doing the shake, rattle, and roll. Get the yeah. fuck up. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, my gonna, God. I'm, I'm not even going to address that, man. I think oh he my. said what he's... This guy has been in the business his whole life. He knows the business better than you and me combined. I'll yeah. say that right here. Yeah, of course he does. That being said, he knows what he's doing. Of course he does. I'm not going to buy into it. Nope. We're not buying into MJF being a, 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 an in-between either. Is he a heel? Is he a baby face? MJF was on Pardon My Take on ESPN. And I thought this was incredibly filmed. I thought this looked great. Uh, I love the fact that they sent MJF to go do this interview, and then they had played all of it on on AEW. So kudos to Tony Khan for that. That's the type of shit I want to see. That's the type of uh, risks that I want to see them take. So it's, it always makes the show better when we see a little bit of uh, inside scoop or a little glimpse at uh, at uh, MJF or anybody in that, in that situation uh, on a podcast interview like this. So the host asked MJF where he's been since the firm attacked him, MJF said after the cowardly attack by the firm, doctors told him if he was to be 100% until full gear, he shouldn't be traveling on the road. He says he's focused on being his best against John Moxley. He says it might be the most important match in the history of this sport. He said it could be the crowning of the face of the next generation. He's not wrong there. He compared himself to Bruno San Martino, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, The Rock, and John Cena. He said each of them were generational talents. That's exactly who MJF is. He said all he has to do is have a long, fruitful reign, and Moxley is the only one who can stop him. He says he thinks Moxley is a low-life piece of shit from the slums of Cincinnati, but he respects him. He says he wasn't born to be champion. He said he was born with two left feet and doesn't have an athletic bone in his body. He says he respects him, though, because he had to work his ass off to become the man that he is today with blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifices. He says he made long car rides for little money until he became the best professional wrestler on the planet. He said on November 19, he'll lose that handle because he was born to not just be a, a, a pro uh, in pro wrestling, but the pro wrestler. He says he can do movies, TV shows, and MJF is going to be in a uh, uh, docu-series or a, a, a Netflix thing, I think. I, I don't know where it's airing, but he's going to be uh, part of the Von Erich story. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that uh, sometime tomorrow when I'm live for an extra. TV shows, commercials, talk shows, top podcasts, and bring pro wrestling back to where it belongs, which is something that everyone is talking about. He said that throne is for the taking, and he'll take it no matter what. He says he's sick of waiting his turn. He says his spotlight's been stolen from him too many times before. He says when he had his first ever singles pay-per-view match, that spotlight was all on a neck tattoo, a.k.a. Cody. He said the next time, that spotlight was on Matt Hardy taking a fall like Humpty Dumpty. He said Jericho also stole his spotlight for a good year. He said when he had his big return, the spotlight was on a press conference. He says he won't need to use a dynamite diamond ring. 
to win this match because he'll win it on his own and full gear will be the night that the devil gets his due. Now, Jesse, they're really, uh, MJF once again mentioned that last little part there, um, which I know is going to be uh, a big troll job. He won't need the dynamite diamond ring. I think he's going to do something dastardly at the pay-per-view. I think we're going to see a little bit uh, more of the old MJF that everybody loves. But as far as AEW, bro, with these mixed messages, is he a baby face? Is he a heel? Is he looking to be cheered? Is he looking to be booed? You know, it really isn't doing the feud and the build a service because nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And, like, and it's not because, you know, we're, we're complaining and critiquing it in a negative way. Nobody knows who's who going into this. Are we supposed to cheer Moxley? Or do we want MJF to win? I mean, there's no clear-cut baby face and heel in this entire story. And it's very, very mixed as far as what Tony Khan wants us to do going into this pay-per-view. Yeah, so no, so there's an easy out to this match that one could, you know, um, anticipate. You could go into the match where MJF is trying to be this baby face that he's been building himself up to be, but he just can't bring him, he, he just can't keep Moxley down. He can't beat him. So at the end of the day, he goes for the diamond ring and then uses it and wins that way. And then it's a big, you know, double down on his heel turn or whatever. Great. It would make for a great story for that match and for the ending. But the ride that we took to get there sucked. You deprived us of so many vicious promos with Mox and MJF and including Renee in that and everything else. I mean, you, you get Regal and... And I mean, and there, I, I, it's it's just it's just all over the fucking place, man. I would rather have had the build that that everyone anticipated and then expected, and then came up with a different storyline in the match itself, rather than this this shit that they're giving us. It's just not enjoyable. It's just not enjoyable. This this you know what this reminds me of? No bullshit. It reminds me of when Stone Cold turned heel. With Vince McMahon to beat up the Rock at fucking seventeen, yeah, and you know how many fucking fans just walked away from this shit after that? It just it just made no sense. Austin was your bread and butter, and you just turned him for no reason. Right now, MJF, for all intents and purposes, he's your bread and butter, and you're changing the core of what made him who he is. Don't do that. Don't yeah, it's do like that. it's like it's like they they partially fucking snipped his balls. Yeah, he's why would you do that? Baby face interview. Don't do that. No, no, nobody wants to see that. I, I, I mean, I, I, I would probably, if I had the chance to X Max personally, you know, what the fuck's going on? He's like, I don't, I don't want to be fucking babyface. He could, he could not. There's no way he wants to be babyface. I mean, he, he, he's, 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 he's made himself who he is by being a dick. The guy goes on social media and calls his mom a fucking skank. You want to know? Is is a good analogy for you when, when Bobby the, Bobby the Brain Heenan is one is the best color commentator in the history of this sport. There will never be anybody that's on his level. No matter who comes into that fucking position, when we're gone and we're all dead, there's not going to be anybody that's going to fill Bobby Heenan uh, and his shoes and what he's done. The best color commentator in the history of the business. His work in WWF with Gorilla Monsoon was bar none, absolutely incredible. When he went to WCW, it's almost like he got his fucking balls cut off. He was never the same Bobby the Brain Heenan ever again. 
That's what it feels like to me with MJ. It's like they're cutting his fucking balls off. It's like we got MJF visceral and and just intense and all this other shit. I'm not saying he's not intense now, but it's a different kind of intense. And it's like he doesn't need to do anything else at all. Like he's already shown you that he can get any type of reaction that he wants by being the MJF that we love. And now you're risking this match for for what? to throw us off, to, to have this plan unfold at full year, and it's all bit one big ruse. Yeah. Maybe we get the rematch at, at Revolution. I have no fucking idea. And then that's when we get another rematch between these two and the real MJF reveals himself. And then we get everything that Jesse and I had discussed going into February. I have no idea. But what they're doing right now, it's like, it, it's almost as if they wanted to do it for the sake of doing it because they either want to stall because there's a rematch or they are that fucking clueless and they don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know. Not enjoying it, man. I'm not. I'm not I enjoy MJF. I enjoy Moxley. But the build, when it comes together, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. MJF yeah. is operating at a TV PG level. MJF needs to be fucking rated M. Rated M from X. Where the no. fuck is he? We, we, he's, he's MIA. Gone. I don't know what the fuck is he. Did he get did he get suspended along with Larry the fucking dog? I don't know. I don't know where our MJF is, but this is not him. If that pay-per-view ends with anybody but MJF winning that world championship, there there will be I don't know how many people are, are gonna watch this show pissed off, but if Tony Khan wants to risk losing more viewers, I dare you to give Moxley that went on yeah. full gear on the 19th. And and and, and fuck Larry. Why? Why? Larry is cute, bro. I'm just throwing that back out. Fuck that dog, dude. Larry is adorable, bro. Larry's a sweetheart, bro. He might be. Not adorable, though. Anyway, I thought this was... Uh, production value on this was great. MJF, you know, dropping bombs in there as usual. Truth. He's very... He's flawless in everything he does. I don't need to tell him he knows. Yeah, I don't think it was ESPN, though. Part of my take. I don't think it was ESPN that he did that interview was on. No? No. No, I think it was on Barstool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Bar, uh, Barstool's part of my take. There you go. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we go from that to Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway had a, uh, and this kind of, this maybe is kind of setting up, because they went from this MJF thing right into a Stokely Hathaway vignette, and he was saying that he thought MJF was his best friend. And he'd be by his side when he won the world title. But instead, MJF is dick-riding John Moxley. He says he shouldn't be dick-riding without a license. So Stokely Hathaway basically just made himself a video clip for the rest of his fucking life in pro wrestling on social media <laughs> with that line. Uh, he said that he can do this without his best friend, and he can do it by himself. He said after full gear, win, lose, or draw, he will see Max in hell. Good promo here. He was on, uh, he was walking along a, a pier or, or a bridge uh, at night. Uh, nice production value here. But uh, I don't know what this, you know, and this is another thing. You know, I know we know because we, we follow all this shit and we follow MJF and Stokely from where they were. Do the fans know, Jesse? Does the casual AEW audience or just a casual viewer, I should say, know about Stokely and MJF and their history? Has has AEW done enough to establish Stokely no. and MJF's nope. history going into this match? Where is it? 
Nope. I, I put it exactly in my notes. I'm like, I get it. I know what their relationship is. We've seen the firm and what we've seen at at uh, All Out, but do the fans know about their relationship prior? Has AEW done enough to I tell don't. us that story? I don't. So and where I watch is the it? product every week. I mean, I don't fucking know. It. They didn't. They didn't. Ex- they didn't explain it to us enough. We didn't get enough story behind it. And also, more importantly, Stokely Hathaway debuted as an amazing get. What are they going to do with him? So many different things. This could be great. Okay, he's aligned with MJF. Oh, shit. Even bigger. Okay, what are we doing here? Where is this going to go? And then for the next couple of weeks, we see Stokely and the firm getting treated like jobbers and shit. Well, there that goes. But now they're back to being treated as important and, and big. Where are we putting these guys on the card? Where are we putting you? You get you get you get Stokely out there with MJF. You get Morrissey out there with the fucking ass boys. What is the firm doing? Where are they at on this card? I don't know. Stokely cut a heel promo here. As far as I'm concerned, does that make MJF the baby face? Why am I so fucking confused? <laughs> we should not be this confused. <laughs> is MJF the baby face? Because Stokely sounded like a fucking heel if you ask me. Yeah. And MJF sounded like the baby face. Why? I don't get it. I really don't get it. Don't get it and don't like it. Ethan Page, he went one-on-one with Eddie Kingston. This is the start of the AEW Eliminator Tournament. Winner of this tournament will get a world championship match at Winter is Coming in December. So this was uh, decent for what it was. Uh, I enjoyed this 12 minutes. Ethan Page wins to advance in the Eliminator Tournament. And the ending to this was uh, very good as Ethan Page took a big risk and it paid off. So Page and Kingston, you know, they they sold their history on commentary a little bit. Kingston won, I think, uh, th- four or five of their matches in, in, previous, uh, in, in previous promotions. Kingston fought back after a butterfly suplex. Uh, Page quickly turned the match around with um, Kingston throwing him hard into the turnbuckle. They go to the outside. Page hit a snap suplex. Page left off the second rope back inside the ring. Kingston hit an enziguri in midair and started going at Page with some chops, those rapid-fire chops. Kingston tried a corner charge, ran right into Page and a power slam. That cut off uh, Eddie Kingston from any type of momentum at all. Page wanted an ego's edge, but Kingston countered with a suplex. He goes for recovery, gets a two-count. Now the two go, uh, go at it with a with a slugfest ensuing here. Kingston wins the slugfest and gets a DDT for a two-count. Kingston hit an exploder suplex, locked on his stretch plum. Stokely Hathaway, he took the referee's attention away from the match, and Page started tapping out from the stretch plum. Ortiz ran off Hathaway, who was out there with Eddie Kingston. Kingston turned, and he got uh, folded over by Ethan Page and a big kick. Page went to the top. He was cut off by Eddie Kingston, and then he got crotched up there, did Eddie, and we got an avalanche ego's edge by Ethan Page off the top rope, and that was probably the biggest win of Ethan Page's AEW career that I think is going to take him right into the finals 
He goes into the second round. He faces the winner of Bandito and Roosh that are wrestling on Rampage this Friday. And he's in the second round. So I'm predicting Ethan Page to go to the finals, bro. And the reason why I'm predicting Ethan Page to go to the finals is, A, because he's in the firm. We need some firm representation there if they're going to be aligned with MJF in any which way. And B, I think Ethan Page did enough campaigning for himself to be more re- to be a, a more of a regular on TV. And I think Tony Khan's going to reward him for that. I wish everybody else would fucking complain on what's going on. Maybe things would get changed around here. Uh, I do think that Ethan Page is going to get a little bit more of a, a shine on television, whether or not he wins this tournament. I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's going to Ricky Starks. But this was a decent match for what it was. Name me someone, anyone, still in this tournament that you can see becoming world champion in December. I can see nobody in this tournament becoming a world champion. Then why are we doing this? I don't know. Why are we doing this? If you want me to believe your tournament, put people in the tournament that we believe can possibly win. I absolutely agree with you. What are we doing here? This is, this is uh, again, you know, this is, A, why I have Jesse on the show, because we think alike here. When we uh, disagree on something, you know, we we go back and forth on it until we come to a solution. Uh, I can't really fault him for feeling that way because I feel the same fucking way. What is Dante Martin doing in this fucking tournament? Does anybody believe at all that Dante Martin is going to win a world championship? Does anybody believe that Lance Archer is going to win? I love Lance Archer. I think Lance Archer is fucking great. Lance Archer has been given the short end of the stick. But Lance Archer hasn't been on fucking TV. Why does anybody think he's going to win the world title? I don't get it. Bandito just got here. Roosh is not winning the world title. Or maybe Bandito is going to be AEW champion. No. Get the fuck out of it. Why are these people in it? The, The tournament? Within itself, good idea. Okay? Yes. Good idea. And if you have lower-level guys that you need to fill a tournament with, that's fine, too. But now as we progress into the tournament, I should only be seeing people that I feel could become champion. So why isn't Kenny Omega in this tournament? Why not Miro? You know, Darby Allen will be a fucking dark horse. I don't know. Very dark horse, but a dark horse. I, I say I say the same thing about the Royal Rumble every fucking year. How many times have we complained about the Royal Rumble? There's 30 fucking fields, right? 30 competitors. Meanwhile, WWE usually books three or four that legitimately have a chance to win it, and the rest is filled with, like, Angelo Dawkins yeah. or, or, uh, or fucking somebody in a tag team. Half a tag team, yeah. I, I like, nobody, nobody, no, they're not winning the Royal Why? Why do we have nobodies in the Royal Rumble? I don't get it. That Royal Rumble yeah. should be filled with fucking at least 15 out of the 30 being a legit world champion contender. Yeah. The fuck are we doing? I agree. If they, if they want to do this tournament, wait. Wait until you have everyone back that you can fill it with, you can fill it with names that, that 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 leads us to believe it could happen. If Adam Cole is coming back, Adam Cole should be in there. Kenny Omega should be in there. Miro, Wardlow, Hobbs. I want to see people who at the very least, even if they don't win, we can see them saying, I can see this guy being world champion soon, even though he didn't win. I'm not I'm not sitting here 
on any level thinking that Ethan Page is going to win the fucking world title for Moxley or MJF. We got Darby feuding with fucking Jeff Jarrett. Why isn't Darby in the tournament? Darby. Darby would be a fantastic fucking day one homegrown guy fucking just just winning by the skin of his teeth, advancing in the tournament. He's the fucking dark horse. He you want, you want, he you want to do, do Malachi return vignettes. Why is it Malachi? Or Brody King or Malachi? Or Buddy Matthews in the fucking tournament. Like, I don't understand this in. shit. If, yeah, if Malachi's coming back soon, he should be in the fucking tournament. And why is, there, why is there such a need to do seven tournaments in a single calendar year? You, you do know that tournaments now are losing their luster in AEW. Everybody wins a fucking tournament. There's a tournament for everything. Yep. Who's got a scratch? Tony Khan's left nut. Right, we, we'll have a tournament and fucking tournament. come up with somebody uh, and uh, we'll, we'll crown a winner. And then we get an interim. Yeah. And then we get interim. <laughs> interim this, interim. Yeah. Like, why? They should have one or two tournaments a year and it should be in the vein of the King of the Ring tournament. You want, you want yes. to fucking watch old VHS tapes and you want to go back and do everything of the old school. Why don't you give me a fucking classic King of the Ring tournament? Something yes. along the lines with, with a different AEW name and a different spin on it. That's going to lead yep. to the next pay-per-view. With all of these factions and trios and groups, if, 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 I'm, if I'm TK, I'm asking everyone to send me their best for this tournament. If, if you want a representative in this tournament, send me your best. Jericho Appreciation Society, give me Jericho. All right, Moxley's the fucking champion. Where's Brian? Why isn't he in this fucking in this fucking tournament? Give me fucking Darby. Give me Miro. Give me give me fucking Kenny. I want everybody send me their fucking best to participate, and we'll put them on the fucking. T- you need credibility to this. No one believes anyone here left is gonna win. So why are we doing it? You why basically, are we doing it? You're basically making the number one contender for the world heavyweight championship of all elite wrestling a complete fucking afterthought you're crowning a number one contender at full gear and they're gonna be they're gonna be on the fucking bottom of the totem pole when it comes to november 19th who gives a fuck oh they got a championship match at uh, at winter is coming all right that's great then we got why then we got what Uh, when's winter is coming four weeks after that so we got four weeks of build between uh somebody that doesn't deserve a championship Against either Moxley or MJF. I'm sorry. Not a good look. Not a good look. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather not see the title defended at all rather than it being defended against someone that no one believes has a, has a chance in hell at winning. Why? And then additionally, whoever wins this tournament is losing. They're not, being, yeah. they're not, they're not becoming the world champion. No. If you're against Moxley, you're not beating Moxley. If you're MJF, you're certainly not beating MJF. So basically, the winner of this tournament is winning to be a loser. To yeah. do what? Are they going to be more over after the tournament is over? Probably not. Nope. Joe. Get Joe in that fucking tournament. Wardlow wants to be, he said tonight, I want to hold all the championships. Why the fuck isn't he in the goddamn tournament? He should be in the tournament. He should be in the tournament. Before, before Joe turned... And even after the turn tonight, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you told me that Joe was still in the tournament to possibly win it, and I said, name me someone who could possibly win, Joe. No money, nobody else. Joe. Joe can fuck. Joe has a sense of legitimacy behind him that you can believe he can win any fucking match 
at any given time against anybody in pro wrestling. Uh, again, I mean, please, I'd love somebody to, to stand up and tell me when I'm telling lies. I'm going to put it on a fucking T-shirt. What? Please tell me when I'm telling lies. Oh, you're too negative. I'm Daniel, sorry. Come- this is critiquing. You want my fucking critique? You're going to get my critique. Why? Brian Danielson. These I don't names. know. Where's Claudio? Now, Claudio's wrestling for a Ring of Honor championship. That means jack shit. Jack shit. Claudio and Wheeler Yuta should be somewhere knee-deep in the fucking tag team division. Period. Period. Easy. You want a simple solution for this shit? You want a simple solution? It might have been predictable. It might have been predictable, but Jesus fucking Christ. You could have given me Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus in the fucking tournament, and they meet via the tournament uh, at full gear, being that you're just doing the match anyway. At least it would have given it some fucking life. Jungle Boy going against MJF, who has fucking great history with each other, if that's the the winner of the main event at full gear. I mean, at least it would have made a little bit of sense. Yeah. Why didn't, why didn't no thought go into this? I mean, did anybody think when they constructed this tournament of eight fucking men, okay, this guy matches up great with Moxley, this guy matches up great with MJF. I mean, we're looking at... Eight fucking people that are going to match up nothing to, to John Moxley and MJF. Yeah, no, no. I want to see, I, I, I like the Jungle Boy idea. Um, I want to see him or Darby Allen still yes. there late into the tournament. One of those two baby faces can be severe underdogs. And I, I want to see one of those two deep into that fucking tournament. When, when, when did that MJF Darby Allen match at? What was it? At last full gear? Last year's full gear? If I'm not mistaken, they opened the show. Or was it Revolution? One of them. I don't know. I don't remember. Terrible with dates. But, I mean, that would have been a great match to go back and revisit. Uh, I don't know. The tournament is not a terrible idea. The contents of it is a terrible idea. I mean, it it just was was not planned out. You just can't have a tournament and fill it with bodies. You tell your story in the tournament itself, and at the end of it, in the final four, at least the final four, there should be four people who could legitimately be seen as to winning if it came down to it come winter is coming. How many tournaments we got? How many tournaments in AW? We got Owen Hart tournament. We got Eliminator tournament fucking three times a year, right? We got a uh, tournament of champions going into full gear. We got a TBS championship tournament. Well, I mean, holy fucking shit. The Diamond Ring tournament. Why? Why so many tournaments? And this is coming from a guy that loves tournaments. (laughs) That's fucking excited beyond belief for the King of the Ring tournament to be coming back to pay-per-view and Triple H is doing it in one night. Yeah. That should be good. We need... We need, we need, we need to do logical things. I don't see, I don't see any thought going into this shit. It's like uh, Tony Khan fucking woke up in the morning, took a dump before having his coffee and breakfast, and said, hey, "We're gonna put these fucking eight guys in a tournament, no rhyme or reason." So you you put a, you put Ricky Starks in a tournament, which more than likely he will win to what? Be a loser? Yeah. What, what what is it gonna do? Yeah, Ricky Starks is back on television, but he's a loser. I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> get his ass kicked. I don't, he's not going to win. He's going to have to face fucking uh, Lance Archer now. That's all we need. Anyway, so Renee, 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 Renee was backstage with Jose, the assistant, Roosh, and Dark Order. Jose says 
He wanted number 10 there specifically because when Roosh wins, he likes 10. So he'll get the first title shot while Uno, Reynolds, and Silver will never get one. Silver then called Roosh a Roosh bag, which I thought was kind of humorous. And then there was a pull-apart brawl. And, I mean, does anybody does anybody care about the Roosh and 10 so- storyline, bro? I mean, is this is this... Something that's continuing on dark. I mean, we went away from it for a little week, a little bit because Andrade got suspended. Here we are. I, I mean, what is going on here? So, so here's the thing with with Preston Vance. I'm not opposed to making Ten um, the guy in the dark order because someone needs to be the guy in the dark order. So, if it's gonna be if it's gonna be Preston. Great. Good. I have no problem with that because Preston is fucking awesome. But you have to make me believe that first, you just can't. He hasn't done anything. Preston hasn't done anything to make me believe that he's a top guy to be in this kind of scenario or this scenario. I mean, I want the dark order out here and I want to challenge Preston. Man, and I'm, So why? Who gives a shit? I think he's a beast, you know. And I would like to see Evil Uno be out there as his mouthpiece too. I think that I, I've, I've been I've been saying this on my stream. They need to do more with the Dark Order because they are over. They can get over on the microphone in the ring and with the crowd. So why aren't we doing something with them? Main event? No, it don't have to be the main event. Tag titles, trios titles. I mean, after the trios title match that they gave the elite, I don't know why the fuck they aren't more on TV with trios championship fucking contender matches or just trios matches in general. Yes. I mean, look at the match. It was one of the best matches all year. Do something with them. John Silver and, and fucking Reynolds. Tag team division. Preston Vance. Get him out there. Get him. I mean, do something with them. You just can't put them on dark. And didn't want them to be over enough to be put in a situation. No, man, nobody believed this shit. If someone was to come out and say, 10 sucks and the Dark Order sucks, how can I argue with them? I can't. They're right. They suck, but they shouldn't. But they do. I don't know. Another thing that's just uh, mind-boggling to me, Roosh and fucking Dark Order still courting number 10. I mean, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? He hasn't done shit. Now, if Tim was out there on a fucking warpath, destroying big names every week on Dynamite, and then people are trying to get his services, yes. okay, yeah, makes sense, do it. But why do you want Tim so bad? He hasn't done shit. And what is he enlisting him for? Like, he's going to be any, any any better off with Roosh instead of the Dark Order? Yeah. It's- like, joining Roosh and joining Jose is going to be a fucking uh, career-altering situation for number 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're all struggling to find TV time. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, we got something even a little bit more ridiculous than that. We got Wardlow and Aria Davari, TNT Open title challenge. Ari stood in the ring. He said he had an offer. He said Wardlow can go from being MJF's assistant to his butler. Wardlow came out, and we basically got Wardlow winning with a headbutt. And power bombs, about a minute and a half, and that was it. Ari Davari, thanks for coming. After the match, Wardlow yelled for Will Hobbs to get out to the ring. Hobbs immediately answered, 
comes out standing on the uh, stage. Wardlow says he finally has a suitable challenger for his title, which is a shoot. He said the TNT title will always be his, and he's going to take every title that the company has to offer. Joe, you knew something was happening because Joe was just walking and pacing around like a fucking lion in the background. You knew something was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Joe nailed Wardlow from behind with his TV title, his Ring of Honor TV title. And Joe put Wardlow to sleep. And Hobbs yelled at Joe, I'm going to kick your ass too. And Joe turned heel on Wardlow. Now... I don't know how you feel about this, Jesse. Uh, I was even saying this on uh, while I was watching my, uh, the show tonight. Uh, I was saying this to myself. Why, why did they feel the urge to turn Jamo- Samoa Joe into a heel uh, when Samoa Joe is absolutely garnering huge babyface reactions every time he comes out? Or, is the, or does that not matter in this, in this situation? Well, they, Joe, here's what I like about Joe. Joe is a phenomenal heel yes um but he's one of those rare guys where he's just as good as a baby face so i mean you really could do either or with joe and he's gonna nail it so the turn it's fine i can take joe as a heel i'll take that all day long um it doesn't really feel like he did much to get himself over as a babyface to make this heel turn a little bit more effective, though, they barely gave the guy mic time. I mean, they just got him out there hanging out with Wardlow. I mean, is, are his vocal cords okay? Why isn't Joe speaking to us at, at all? At all? I, I don't know. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, Joe was getting cheers just because he's Joe, and we're going to cheer him. He hasn't really done anything to be babyface or heel. He just came out. You know what I'm you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid uh I, I listen, I haven't really, you know, been very shy about my feelings towards how the TNT title has been booked and how Wardlow's been booked. I've been saying this for months now. Wardlow is absolutely fucking directionless. And, yeah. and, and we we've been saying this for, for months now. He's ice fucking cold. They dropped the fucking ball and have done nothing with him, with that title, with him coming out of that MJF feud. He should have been the biggest fucking superstar on his way to the top. In AEW, and what I feel is going to happen, Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong, chime in here. I feel like that with even with the heel turn to Samoa Joe, people are going to end up still cheering Joe because they're so fucking ice cold on Wardlow. I hope to fucking God that doesn't happen because Wardlow doesn't deserve that and it's not his fault. So is the heel turn going to be, is it going to be something that works out? Is is it going to be something that makes sense? I I don't know. You got to look at Wardlow's situation. He's ice fucking cold. Why would anybody want to boo Samoa Joe? I don't know. I, I I mean, that's a good question because I don't, I mean, on the surface, you know, you want us to cheer Wardlow and that's what we've been doing. You want us to boo Joe. Well, he attacked Wardlow. That's a reason to boo Joe, but that's a good point. Wardlow's been ice cold and people have been cheering Joe. So Wardlow that, that has could, done nothing to get those reactions he was getting in that MJF feud. Nothing. And I don't mean that towards Wardlow. I mean that towards creative because you've given him nothing to really nothing. continue that momentum. Now that momentum is at fucking zero, and you're going to ask me to boost Samoa Joe because he attacked Wardlow? Why would yeah. I do that? I was also never a, a fan of this Goldberg-esque gimmick they've been giving Wardlow. You know, they they even managed to uh, to mock the and um, the chance of Wardlow. They get 
the camera watching him come through the backstage area and through Gorilla. It was such a clear and obvious and blatant Goldberg, you know, similarity. I never liked that at all. Um, maybe it was just a me thing. They failed to capitalize on the MJF heat big time. They left them off TV way too long as champion. I don't know what they're doing with the guy, but it's nothing good. Nothing good. He should be in this fucking tournament. People like him should be in the tournament. Joe should be in the tournament. These guys are believable world champions right now. Yes, Wardlow should have been on one side and Joe should have been on the other. I don't know why we're doing... I don't know know what the fuck we're getting at the pay-per-view. So now from what we see here, Joe turns on Wardlow. This is basically a much sped up version uh, what's going to happen with Swerve and Keith Lee. So they're basically telling the same fucking story with, with, with four different guys. I don't know why these guys weren't in the tournament. So we got Joe turning on Wardlow after being tag team partners for a little bit. Why? I, I hope to God we find out why. I mean, it can't be what Wardlow said tonight and him wanting all the championships. At least he has a fucking uh, mission statement for himself. Why, why didn't we do Joe versus Wardlow in the beginning? Why did we have to wait this long three weeks before the fucking pay-per-view. They've been teaming and been uh, nice and cozy with each other for about four weeks now. Why didn't we get this at the start if this is the ultimate direction in which you wanted to go? Why didn't we get Joe versus Wardlow and then Joe or Wardlow versus Will Hobbs to follow or or Wardlow and Will Hobbs and then Wardlow and Samoa Joe? Like, you couldn't couldn't build a path for certain matches to happen? Now, now it looks like we're going to get all three of these guys in the ring together at full gear just to get it all over it because there's nothing else that these guys have to do. Well, so it so it looks like that they wanted to build, so they want to build the friendship, you know, or, or the camaraderie between Joe and Wardlow, to make the heel turn and the breakup, you know, is supposed to be more effective, you know. But they failed at telling me that story. They, I mean, just having Joe and Wardlow hang out together and giving them a weird, you know, name together and everything else, they failed to establish these guys as as friends. Or 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 or, so, or a team that we that we would care about when one turned on the other, they were just kind of just there. Like I said, Joe hasn't said really shit. Joe is golding on the microphone. He hasn't really said anything on the microphone to to help build up, you know, him and Warlow being cool with each other and no shit like that. But so the turn was kind of just kind of mid to me. I mean, it was just kind of, well, Joe turned. You know, how can you trust Joe? Of course he fucking turned. You know. It, He's a fucking asshole. It's like Randy Orton turning on somebody. Like, did he though? I mean, he's just being himself at this point. You know, Joe's an asshole. He'd be the, he'd be the first to admit it. I mean, was it really a turn? So I, it it was a very lackluster turn for me as far as heel turns go because of who it was and what was on the line, which is nothing. Again, nothing. I ask why 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 do why does anybody care about Wardlow now? Why do I care that Joe turned on Wardlow? Do we low, do we all love Wardlow so much because he's been so fucking amazing on television the last three months that uh, Joe turned on him? Now I'm going to boo Joe. Nobody wants to boo Joe. No. And what are we doing here? Is this title for title now? Joe walked out and, and people were still chanting uh, Joe, Joe, Joe. I mean, yeah. Is 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 this, is this are we are we coming out of this with a double champion? What what are we doing? You got two champions. Are we now, merging please. the TV titles? For the TNT title and the TV title? Triple threat. So who's going to take the pinfall? Poor powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs. Who him, <laughs> him himself needs Hobbs. a fucking nice string of momentum and some, some wins. Jesus fucking Christ. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Renee Young interviewed Jade Cargill with her baddies. This is fucking bad. Never mind the baddies. Jade said she'll handle Nyla's ass at full gear, but she'll also handle it on Friday on Rampage as well. I mean, again, I'm going to say the same thing I said about Samoa Joe and Warlow. Is, is, is Tony Khan positioning anybody here for, uh, you know, Jade or Nyla? Who, who, who do I care for? Who do I care for here? I care for Nyla. She's not winning. But I, I, I love fucking Nyla. What are we doing with this TBS championship? It feels like they're, uh, they're running around in circles with this Jade shit. 42-0 and 0 she's going to be. Are they, do they really want to get to 50? Never mind fucking eight more matches. I can't, I can't fucking stand this shit for another eight more seconds. Jesus fucking Christ. Who's going to take the title off of her? Because it, it ain't uh, interesting right now. It's, it's, it, you're beating a fucking dead horse. The pinata's already been fucking broken open. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. So, so what did Jade say in her interview to Renee again? I'm going to handle Nyla Rose's ass at full gear. And Nyla for the win again on Twitter replies, Oh, handle me, baby. My safe word is John Stamos. I, I love f- Nyla Rose, man. Yes, she she she's great. She's fucking great. She's very good. This being is not wasted. Being wasted. Guarantee you this match goes five minutes and it stinks up the fucking joint at full gear. And what are we doing? Nyla's going to lose, and what happens? She's been parading around with a championship that she's never going to win just for the sake of, oh, yeah, look, I got championship gold, and she's never won anything. This has been the most interesting thing that ever happened to that TBS title. Yes, and it's, it yeah, imagine that. The most interesting thing to happen to the TBS title is anything but Jade Cargill. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's someone else parading around as champion when she's not. That has been the most interesting thing with the TBS title. Moving 41 on. 41-0, and 42-0. and 0. Name one interesting match out of all of that. I can't remember. I, bro, I, I, I couldn't for the life of me think of anybody she's beaten. Athena. That was it. Athena. Has she, had, she, has she had one memorable match? No. Nope. Has she done yeah, anything of interest, of note, that's, that's going to be remembered in the annals of pro wrestling history? No. She's done nothing. Nothing. Nope. You know Athena's heel now? Athena is heel. Yeah, on Dark, she turned, she, she turned heel. She basically turned heel. She turned heel. Another, another woman Tony Khan brought in to fucking uh, banish the AEW Dark. It's great. Dropped her, dropped the ball on her, man. Maybe one of the best female performers in the entire company. Dark. We will see, though. Maybe she's going to come back to TV with this gimmick, and maybe it'll be something more interesting. The most interesting thing that happened in Jed Cargill's title run is the fucking Twitter beef she started with me for absolutely no reason. Uh, yes. Again, please tell me when I'm telling lies. She got, more of, a rea- more, she got more of a reaction shitting on me on, uh, wrongfully than any time in her 42 fucking match win streak. Again, please tell me when I'm telling lies. Well, she's doing interviews and taking questions about you. Yes. She's sitting in the locker room probably right now. Hi, Jade. Her and Brittany. Hello. Her and Brittany sitting around looking at you. Hello. You know? I, I, please tell me. Uh, am, I, am I lying? No. Nope. 
Oh, you, 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 you need to critique in the most professional way. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck out of here. TBS title match is going to fucking be positioned, what, ninth on the card. And how much time are you going to get? You barely get six minutes, guaranteed. It'll be forgotten by the time I fucking take a piss before I go live on the 19th. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Tony Schiavone's in the middle of the ring with Britt Baker. And Soraya comes out. Soraya revealed. This is the big story. Soraya is now 100%. She's cleared for in-ring action. Big news. She got emotional when she said it. Happy for her. This is a great get for AEW. This is what we need to do. Hopefully she delivers in that ring after five and a half, six years back or away from the ring. Soraya, emotional. She says, AEW is my house. And then Britt Baker says, and I quote, is there anything more fickle than an AEW fan? I don't know, bro. Are we fickle? What the fuck they got to do with anything? Are AEW fans fickle? I, I, I've always heard WWE fans are fair, fan weather fans uh, or, or fickle, whatever. Well, are, 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 we, are we fickle? Oh. I, I, I don't know. Let's come back to that. What does that got to do with Paige? Um, I'm sorry, Soraya. Saying that this is her house now. I don't this know. is my house. I'm in this company. I'm running the women's division. Britt, you fans are fickle. Maybe because they were on Britt's side and now they're on Soraya's side because they were cheering Soraya's announcement that she's back and clear. I don't know. Why, why would that be fickle? We're just happy for the woman because she's been away for six years. <laughs> <laughs> Baker asked what it even means that she's cleared. I don't know, maybe she got some of that proactive and cleared up the acne on her face. What the fuck do you think it means? The cream in the clear, man. Get the cream in the clear. She asks if she even still knows how to wrestle. I mean, you're asking Soraya that. You could ask the rest of the fucking AEW women's locker room that same question, too. Baker ask, said, Re ask Rebel that. Yeah, ask Rebel if she could wrestle. That's a great point. You're asking fucking Soraya if she still knows how to wrestle. Got people in your own fucking camp that don't know how, that don't even know how to spell the word wrestle. Can't do a collar and elbow tie up. Baker said she. I better watch out, folks. Uh, I better watch out. I may get canceled again because uh, I'm uh, sexist now to the women. Yep. Baker said she built AEW from the ground up until it became a fortress that superstars like you want to move into. She said she's proud of that. Predictably, we got a DMD chant after she let, she mentioned the word superstars. Everybody knows she's talking about WWE. She said that pride turns into resentment quickly when Soraya has the uh, gall to skip in there and call it her house. She said she didn't lay a single brick for this house. She said she knows why she's obsessed with her. She said it's because she is everything Soraya wishes she could have been. Britt says if she thinks it's not true, she will remind her that you left your house and walked into mine. Well, she, she didn't really like leave it. on her own accord. She got she wasn't renewed uh, with her contract, so uh, she had no choice because her old house evicted her. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked that line, too. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, she goes on and says that she regrets to inform Soraya... This was my favorite line that she said, that, that Britt said. She informed Soraya that she does not take walk-ins, so make an appointment, bitch. I like that one, too. That I was like good. that line. That was a good line. 
That was good. We got a, a, a DMD chant for that one, which is uh, well-deserved. That was a uh, great one-liner there by uh, the doctor. Soraya then uh, gets all emotional. She said she finds it funny that she puts herself on a pedestal considering how she was handed her position by Tony Khan. Wow, man. Wow. I mean, right there. Look, look, look. Is, is that uh, reality and truth coming into... Uh... <laughs> Is that uh, is that one of uh, well, well, what's that wrestling lingo, bro? Is that uh, is that a work shoe, bro? Is that what they call it? Uh, is Soraya breaking kayfabe, bro? What, what, what is that? Right? What, what is that? Huh? Wow, JD's doing the show by himself on Wednesday. Wow, man, look at that! Look at that! What are we talking about here? Handed her position by Tony Khan. Fans, hey, man, you better, you better, you better reach into. And so, and so Soraya's mentions and straighten her out, man. Have your team get behind you and all chime in on it. You got a, you got fed a bunch of QT's trainees from the factory, and you've only been on camera for three years. She said she's another, been in the business. For, she says she's been in the business for seventeen years, and said Baker doesn't know how to be a superstar. She said she doesn't know what it takes. To even be a star. Now I'm going to stop there. What what is what is you know? I, I didn't really like that because let, let's be let's be honest. You know, no matter what anybody thinks of Britt Baker, Britt Baker is a fucking star. Okay, why why does why does Soraya or anybody from WWE need to come on in and devalue Britt Baker and the star that she's built for herself in AEW? All because she wasn't in WWE and all because she wasn't labeled in, in, at any point in her career. Uh, a WWE no. super. So I find that to be a little fucking lame. No, I, no, I, no. I think this was warranted. I, I see what you're saying, and 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 if and if Paige would have come out and led with that, then yes, that would have been the wrong thing to do. But she's out there defending herself after just getting buried by Britt Baker. I mean, we just agreed that those are fucking those 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 lines stung pretty damn good. Yeah. So yeah. You got to come back and defend yourself. I'm like, all right, you know, bitch, if you think you're all of that here, you've been here three years. You have no idea what the fuck it takes to be here, stay here, and the longevity of it. I, I'm, I'm okay with that one. All right. So you can't just come back. You, you can't you can't get hit on like that by Britt Baker then come back with, oh, well, I'm rubber your glue. I, you know? I, I, I see mean, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You got to swing back. She took some pretty, pretty heavy swings at you, man. It's like, well, wait a minute. You've been there three years. Slow down. You haven't done shit. You know, and I see what you're saying. And if she just would have came out, you know, Brit would have been like, oh, oh, I guess it's me and you at full gear. And then Paige comes back. Yeah, because I got to show you how to be a star because you've done nothing over here. No, that's no, that's not how it played out. So context is, is key in this exchange. And I like how Britt Baker went first so that what Soraya said didn't necessarily bury the women's division or AEW in the process. It was her protecting herself against, you know, Brit's comments. So yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a good point you made. Yeah. I, I could see I could see that being the case. Um she said she traveled up and down the roads of the UK because she loves this business. She said she got hit by a car and wrestled that day. She said she handed her resume to promoters and was turned down because she was female. She said she was creating a revolution before it was a trend and before pro wrestling was even a twinkle in your eye. I really like that line, too. She said she's done MSG and the O2. 
the Tokyo Dome, and now I'm in front of uh, I'm in front of an ungrateful bitch. She said she's been publicly humiliated in front of millions of people and battled her drug addiction publicly. She even said she's given her career and her neck for the business, and she doesn't have a clue what it takes to make it. She said this is going to be her comeback story and the biggest match of her career. She said they'll wrestle at full gear. She dropped the mic, and Baker took a swing at Soraya in frustration. Soraya ducked and gave Britt a very familiar package DDT, and she yelled over uh, Britt while bending over and says, this is my house. So I thought they were going to call it the Rampage. Why can't they call it the Rampage? I don't know, because the, 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 the finishing movie is named after a shitty show that Tony Khan has uh, coined on Friday oh, night. that's right. They have a show called Rampage. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, she Duh. took a flat back bump today, bro, for the first Duh. time in five years. You did what? She took a flat back bump and delivered a oh, fucking yeah. wrestling move. Yeah. Oh, but she told us she's cleared. She's I just cleared. sent you her doctor's note. She brought her doctor's I saw note it, to yeah. social media. Yeah. There you go. I'm happy she's back, man. The, uh, the emotion on her face was real. Uh, fans, uh, you know, applauded her as the way that uh, the way that they should. And I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to them beating the shit out of each other. I think this is going to be uh, a spectacle for sure. Are there are there going to be any smoke and mirrors? I don't know. Is Britt going to be good enough to lead a match with Soraya after five years and, and do what she needs to do? I don't know. We'll see what know. happens at full gear. I would anticipate that they're in, they that they are definitely working lengthy on this match. Yes, they have order. to. They have I'm, to. I'm assuming. So, I mean, number one, the number one priority here is Soraya's safety. Yes. And um, I think I, I I think, you know, I'm it, all like I said before. My first choice would have been Serena D in that regard. I get that you want to put her in something high profile, so you gave her Britt Baker. Um, I, I'm not of the faith that Britt is going to be dangerous with her. I, I think she'll be. I think she'll be fine with Britt Baker in the match. Um, how good? How good would a match be? We'll have to. They got to tell us. They got to show us. You know, but I'm not concerned on the level of oh god, she's gonna fucking you know botch her back into the DL. You know, I mean, she'll she'll be fine. Like, but I mean, I'll keep it real. My first choice would have been Serena Deeb, but I can see the Britt Baker match being a higher profile match and a better match, you know, for a pay-per-view. I think she'll be fine in that regard. I just hope they don't try to do too much. I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Soraya is back. Let's get that straight. I just hope that she is capable of doing what I know that she wants to do. And I, I hope that she's okay to do it. I I, I I hope that she's okay to do it, too, because if she gets injured again, it's going to be a, a terrible look for AEW. It really is. It'd be a terrible un, look for un, her. Un, unfortunately, for, for her, too. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this, but my criticisms from earlier in the show, you know, you, you got this, you got Soraya and Britt, and then you got Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Why is this match more important than the world title? And, and and it's it's more important, and, and don't get me wrong, I get this is her return after five years. I get it. But it's not by Tony Khan's cre- great creative for the Women's Championship, you know, that he's doing this on purpose. But by, by just by looking at it head on, the title means nothing. And then by default, this is the most important thing on the show. It should not be that way. 
The world title should be the most important thing on your show. Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter should be the biggest women's match of the entire night. This should be uh, in its own, in its own little bubble. But you got three women's matches with this one being the most important and the women's championship being the second from the top in the division, which not it should not be the case. I, I don't understand the lack of creative direction here for the women's championship. It, it's no. a problem. And you know, while we're on the subject of that and the titles, and we were just talking about too many titles in, in AEW with the All-Atlantic title, can you explain to me again why we have two women's champions? I don't know. Did they just create this title for Jade? Basically. Who has she defended the title against? What? She's defended the title against fucking indie jobbers, bro. Nobody that's TV ready. Nobody that really no. people give a fuck about on TV. What has she done? And this and this is not and this is not a knock. At Jade, because truth be told, she's done a good job with the title run and everything else. It's starting to run its course a little bit, but all in all, you know, there's always a situation where does the title make the wrestler or the wrestler makes the title. This is a situation where Jade definitely made the title worth something. Um, I don't know how much of it's worth, but it's definitely, it's got a little bit of value to it, especially with the streak that she's on. But, you know, let's put our cards on the table here. Why do we have two women's champions? Three, technically, right now, we got one sitting at home. I don't know. I mean, why, why is Jade a world? There should be one women's championship. One. We don't have two different fucking brands here. We have one women's division. There should be one women's champion. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <sighs> TBS title is worthless. Yep. Honestly. Anyway, I'm looking forward to this match. The match is made official for full gear. It's going to be Soraya and Britt Baker one-on-one. -on -one. We'll see what happens. So I'm hoping for the best. Sanjay Dutt, he handed Cole Carter two dimes from NXT, if you guys remember. Well, maybe you don't. You don't watch NXT. I mean, who does? An envelope with money and said he's earned his money from last week. Cole joined... QT and the other factory members. It's nice to see my boy Lee Johnson, Big Shotty, back on TV. Shout out to Big Shotty. QT said it was a good thing doing business with Sanjay, so next time, half off. Dan House and Orange Cassidy and the best friends walked up. And Marshall told Cassidy he should defend his Atlantic title against Lee Johnson on Friday's Rampage. Cassidy immediately agreed. Trent Beretta then said, what's up, scumbags? To Jay Lethal, who took exception to this and challenged Jay Lethal to a match later on in Dynamite, which we went right into. Jay Lethal and Trent Beretta. This went about seven minutes. Nothing really happened here. Uh, Sanjay Dutt attacked Danhausen on the ring apron and headbutted him into oblivion. Lethal then hit his lethal injection for the one, two, three over Trent Beretta. And that was basically it. After the match was over, Sanjay Dutt was being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Sanjay took over the interview. Yanked the microphone away, yelling into the microphone, very cringy. And Jeff Jarrett is introduced out to the stage to his impact music. As Jesse loves Jeff Jarrett, as you see. Jeff Jarrett's out there with his music, guitar in hand. Jarrett said people are probably wondering why he's in AEW. Why is he in yes. AEW? Yes. He touted, for this one. he touted I, having yeah, over one. He touted having over 1 million views of his debut. He called himself the last outlaw. 
He says, when a friend calls, a friend shows up. He touted Lethal, saying that he signed him to his first contract. He noted that he was uh, somebody that has wins over Ric Flair and Sting and also was a Grand Slam champion in Ring of Honor. He, said Dutt, has the IQ of 181. He says they've taken over promotions all over the globe. He said Singh is a legit giant, not a make-believe monster who wears red skinny jeans and is produced by the Banana Nose Circus. Golf clap for that one. So the uh, the uh, make believe giant wearing skinny jeans uh, skinny jeans is uh, Braun Strowman, and the banana nose circus is basically WWE being run by big nose Triple H. Jarrett in full fuck you mode because he got fired from WWE by Paul Levesque's administration is now throwing jabs at the company that he used to work for under Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. As only of two months ago, bro. I mean, you know, you you would have put down a company that decided they didn't need your ass. Just, 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 just don't mention them. And, and by the way, for for you guys who are wondering why Jeff Jarrett was fired, he was uh, head of uh, live events over in WWE. His position was filled by uh, Road Dog D O G Brian James and Triple H and his administration fired Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett was a hire of Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon, and Triple H is actively changing everything Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon. And conveniently, Triple H brought back most of the people that Triple uh, that uh, Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard had fired that were once under Triple H in NXT. So he gave him Jeff Jarrett's position and said, Jeff Jarrett, double J, fuck off, bro. And that's, a, that's basically what happened there. Uh Monster Brandman says no WWE return for Double J, bro. I don't think you know the history of Jeff Jarrett and WWE. He already came back. If he came back from what he was kicked out for before, he can come back after anything. All he did he was, was call the, Triple H the Banana No Circus. Well, he was the only man to ever hold Vince McMahon up for money at a goddamn show. Yeah. Got fired for it, and Vince said, I'd never want to see that motherfucker in my sights again. And then he's back in WWE. Hall of Fame, management, shaking hands with Vince. Bro, calling Triple H big nose, that's not enough. That's not enough to get you barred for life, but he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. He said he's the only player in the NBA history well, the history of the NBA, Sanjay, uh, um, Jeff Jarrett uh, talking about Satnam. Uh, he says he's the only player in history of the NBA to be born and bred in India. He then called out Sting and Darby Allen. Jarrett took exception to a producer telling him to wind up the segment. He chased the guy with his guitar, and Jarrett's music and uh, played to uh, end this segment, and Sanjay tried to calm him down. So, bro, l- let, me, let me get this straight. So, Tony Khan... The genius of Tony Khan in the last few months has now led us down a path, bro, where Jeff Jarrett is on TV, and we now have basically TNA on AEW television with Jeff Jarrett in the ring at full gear with Sting and Jay Lethal, bro. 
Is that what I'm getting at? Is that what I'm uh, getting from this uh, this match being made at Full Gear? Or maybe Tony Khan said, fuck that shit. Jeff Jarrett was a part of the Ric Flair match with Andrade and Jay Lethal, right? Maybe we could do our own version here with Sting, who's a lot better than Ric Flair, and Jeff Jarrett. He was great there with Jay Lethal. We can bring them on into Full Gear and do our own fucking thing. Why? You want to know who I Why? feel bad for in all of this? The fans? Well, you want to know who else I feel bad for in all of this? Darby? No, Jay Lethal. He does not deserve this shit, man. He does not deserve to be caught up in this rudimentary, fucking ridiculous ROH fucking bullshit that they are doing over here in AEW. Jay Lethal is way bigger than this shit. Bro, way bigger we than this shit. are getting impact on AEW television. What more do I need to say? It's not fun anymore. Impact. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Now we know why Jeff Jarrett's on TV, bro. Tony Khan wanted to bring a dose of Dixie Carter to fucking AEW television. There you go. When I interviewed Jungle Boy backstage about his feud with Luchasaurus and Christian, Jungle Boy said Christian doesn't get to move on because he wants to. He says he'll issue a challenge to their faces on Friday's Rampage in Boston. We're getting Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy at the pay-per-view, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Gonna be a good one. John Moxley made his ring entrance with William Regal. In-ring promo by John Moxley. Talked about meeting Regal when he was in his mid-20s and he wanted to be feared and respected like Regal and be a real top guy. He says he tried to earn his respect. He picked a fight with him. He says it didn't go well because Regal tortured him. He said it taught him where he was on the food chain and it made him now know how hard he had to work. He said Regal finally took him under his wing and he told him, now the real work begins. He asked who that young, impetuous kid reminds him of. Moxley said it reminds them of MJF, who he will face at full gear for the title. He said he first wrestled MJF over a year ago and MJF thought he had it all figured out back then, but he left him battered and bleeding. He said he showed him where he was in the pecking order. He said now MJF is back and it will be different this time. He asked who exactly is MJF because he seems to be having an existential crisis uh, who dresses in clothes by that, that's bought by his mother and he tries to look successful. He also talks the big, uh, the big game of a big-time world champion pro wrestler, the kind he wants to be, but he said Mox is an actual multi-millionaire world champion who, so you can't beat him. He says he calls himself a pillar even though he has no idea what it's like to have the weight of something like that on his back. He says, it's funny that MJF calls himself the devil. William Regal and John Moxley laughed. Moxley then says, I've met the devil. I've looked into the devil's eyes. He says he's met some really bad people and has been to some bad places, and MJF is not that. You're not that at all, he said to MJF. He then said he and Regal want him to fulfill his potential and he can talk his trash in the meantime, but he's going to bring out whatever he's got in him at full gear. He said MJF will be in his hometown of Newark, New Jersey. He closed by warning MJF that everything he's done so far has been made easy. This was a little bit more of a calm John Moxley promo. 
very direct, yeah. very, very visceral in not in delivery, but in the tone that he used. Like it was a yeah. saw, it was a very uh laid back tone, more of uh you know, more of a let, let, Max, let me talk to you about some truths here. Right. Wanna know what makes Moxley's promos as 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 good as they are? I mean, like tonight, for example. It's just he's it, just so fucking believable. And like everything he's saying, like you just said, in his delivery. Yeah. It just I believed every word that came out of his mouth. You know, when he when he came out and said, You call yourself the devil, motherfucker, I've met the devil. I've been to war with the devil. You ain't it. I mean, just it's not about the delivery. It's about the content, and he wanted it to be about the content. Yep. You are not it, so I'm not worried about you. And listen, you know? the promo work leading up to this match has been great. Has it been the best that we've seen from Moxley and MJF? No. No, it has not, no. but it's been great. But other than that, I really can't sit here and tell you that I'm uber interested in anything but MJF winning the world title. The story is is very confusing. You know, we're, we're going back and forth, teetering back and forth on... Is Moxley going to be the babyface? Is MJF going to be the babyface? Are they both going to be babyface? Who's going to be the heel? Where's the firm sitting in all this? Is it a ruse? Is MJF going to reveal himself at the paper? We don't know. We don't know anything. All right. Somebody said Regal for the turn. So, I could see it. But see, here's so here's something else with AEW and these heel turns. You just did one with Joe. Yeah. You can't turn someone heel every other week. All right, it's gonna get old. It's gonna become a trope. Just it, 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 you need to space those out, and they need to be meaningful. Everyone can't turn like this on the upper um, part of the card, or it won't mean shit anymore. No. So Joe just turned heel. I don't expect another turn for a little while. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. MJF. I, I mean, without saying, needs to be healed. I think we all agree with that. Yes. 100%, man. Jamie Hayter, she was with uh, Rebel and DMD. She defeated Sky Blue, who was out there with Tony Storm. The majority of this match took place in the commercial break, so, you know, when people want to claim that I shit on women's wrestling, maybe the women's locker room should look at the fucking guy that books this show and puts them in the 9.30 time slot and gives them a match that basically takes place during the commercial break, and all we see of it is two minutes. I'm not the guy that you should be taking it up with. Well, Sky JD, what do you think of Sky Blue's wrestling? Uh, I don't know. Last, did she wrestle last week? I don't even remember. She looked decent in the last match that we saw. About tonight? Tonight, I wasn't too impressed. Oh, you are fucking sexist, bro. What the I'm hell? So, I'm sorry, bro. What I'm going to say the same thing about Sky Blue. If they want to put Sky Blue on television, I have no problem. But Sky Blue needs to have a little bit more oomph to her offense. Oh, she's she got some oomph. I'm sure she does. I'm not talking not, about that oomph. I'm talking about the oomph. I'm talking about the offense that reminds me of Liv Morgan in The Miz. Weak. Oh, well, that's that, that's different. She needs a little bit more of an impactful moveset, bro. I don't believe anything she's doing in there. It's all fluff. Oh, it's, it's all fluff. She had a great-looking code red, though. I'll tell you that. That, that was fucking gorgeous. Outside uh, that, I, think, I mean, it's all fucking fluff. What the fuck are we doing in there? I think you can thank Jamie for that one, though. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, yeah, she, oh, well, whatever. She, she did it, she did it and executed it. It looked great, but it's yeah. all fluff. 
I get it. Well, it's, it's all fluff. Yes, yes, it's all fluff. I know. Uh, Sky Blue, she started off uh, pretty aggressively. She was going after Hater because she needed to because Jamie Hater's a savage. And then um, she did a Cazadora into an arm drag back into the ring. Baker tripped up Sky Blue, which allowed Hater to hit a backbreaker into an exploded suplex. Hater controlled during most of the commercial picture in picture. In return, Blue took out Rebel and Baker with some kicks from the apron, top rope across body, which looked good. On Jamie Hater, she goes for cover, gets a two count. Hater reversed uh, Sky Blue finish, but Blue dropped Hater with a spin kick and a beautiful looking code red for a near fall. Sky took too long to capitalize on Jamie Hater, which uh, then led to uh, basically Hater winning the match. Uh, she tried for a super kick. Hater responded with a big boot in reversal. Sky Blue tried a victory roll into another Casadora. But Hater countered into the ripcord lariat for the win. And post-match, Hater went to put the boots to Sky Blue. And Tony Storm chased her off. Such a captivating and riveting build for the Women's Championship match. Oh, my God, man. I can't wait. I'll say this. Um, I like how when, they, when, when Jamie Hater comes out, she comes out by herself. With her music now, I mean, she yes. used to come out to Britt Baker's music. Yeah, something that we have criticized in the past. Yeah, she comes out by herself to the top of the ramp to get her pop and everything else. And then as she's coming down to the ring and the camera guy is still focusing on Jamie, then somewhere out of the backdrop comes Britt Baker. I like that. I want to see Jamie get her chance to shine out there, and I don't want the pops that she gets to be a mix of hers and Britt Baker's fans. Yes, you know, and and let's put it out there, man. Jamie Hader is ready. Jamie Hader is ready to come out of this background position and to get her name out there with the top women in that division, and she she needs some kind of gold out there to to help get that shit going. Um, I'm sorry, Tony Storm, her run has been just as lackluster as, as Thunder Rosa's. It's All the just, women's title reigns have been lackluster. They have. Well, Britt Baker's was fine. Well, Britt's was lackluster too, but I mean, she's the most notable one because she's the biggest star there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. So what do we do with this women's champion? How do we, how do we rectify this? Like, I, I mean, uh, clearly they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So what I'm going to tell you guys and what I'm going to uh, insist on here, give a recommendation, a critique, is I know we don't want to see Britt hold another championship, but you know what's going to fucking happen because she's there for the next five years. So what I recommend happening here is that Britt beats Tony Storm for the championship. Britt ends Thunder Rosa. Goodbye. I don't think she's going to end up uh, having much of a role when she comes back anyway. And then we do Britt. And Jamie Hader, and Jamie Hader takes the title from Britt Baker, and Jamie Hader is the new star that Britt makes. Maybe, maybe we get a new star born. Bro, I don't think we're going to get another Thunder Rosa-Britt Baker match. It's probably not the safest thing to do. Well, according to Britt Baker, they're, uh, they're Batman and Joker. Yeah, I get it, man. Plus, nobody's beaten Thunder Rosa before Tony Storm. I, I, I don't think... I don't think you can I don't think you can move that title until we get that if we don't get that match to unify them that's always going to be that that situation out there that we never get Thunder Thunder Rosa and and Tony Storm to unify. 
I think that match has to happen for the unification. I don't think Tony Storm loses until then. So you think Thunder Rose is going to come back and beat Tony Storm? I, no, I didn't say that. But that match has to happen first before anyone else gets the title. Before Tony Storm loses the title to Britt Baker or anyone else, she needs to face Thunder Rosa first and reunify the titles. Then she can drop it to whoever, Britt Baker, whoever is going to, she's going to drop the title to. I mean, but they need to do Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa first. Well, we'll say, I think everybody's kind of in the same boat here. The women's division is, uh, talent's there. Creative is dog shit. None of it is interesting. None of it. It's like TV written by fucking uh, half brain, half uh, fucking brain dead idiots. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to tell you. None of it is interesting. There's no direction. It's not going in one which in one direction that's uh, overly exciting. It's just there. Matches happen, and nobody gives a fuck about them. Yeah. Well, while they're still out there calling Tony Storm the interim champion, yeah, that has to be rectified. Yes. It, it has to be. They they have to do a title unification match. It has to be done. If not, it, I mean it, it. It feels like it almost questions the legitimacy of the of the champion that is there. If it changes hands before they they reunify them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if Thunder Rosa goes off and faces the new champion and unify him that way, well, hold on. You never faced Tony Storm. Well, I don't know why. I don't know why we needed this instance to be interim. I mean, if she was going to be out for this long, I mean, why are we doing interim? Oh, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into why they're doing interims. That that's a whole different fucking can of worms, man. I mean, I mean, she's not like it's not like she's Brock Lesnar. The fuck are we doing? Because I agree with you. I mean, labeling Tony Storm interim for the duration of her reign is not really a good look for Tony Storm. It's actually kind of shitty, if I'm yeah. looking at it. Yeah, if she drops that title to someone. Without beating Thunder Rosa, was she ever really champion? She was only an interim. I agree. She has to beat Thunder Rosa to solidify will, her title reign. Will they do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Alex Marvez was backstage to interview Ricky Starks about the Eliminator Tournament. And then uh, Lance Archer blasted Starks from behind by the neck, slammed him into the steel door, the steel garage that was backstage. Archer said, everybody dies. And, I mean, good luck, Mr. Starks. <laughs> now Lance Archer's on TV all of a sudden after how many weeks he's been, how many months he's been away. Oh, there's a tournament. We got to get Lance Archer back on TV. Been killing it over in New Japan for what I hear. As he should. Yeah. Finally, guys, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson uh, and Sammy Guevara. Main event here, two out of three falls. This is the second two out of three falls that Brian has had uh, in uh, a couple of months. He did the Daniel Garcia two out of three falls not too long ago. Uh, this main event was fucking great. It yes. was a great main event. Sammy and Brian killed it tonight. I wish it was something a little bit more important on the line here instead of just two guys going at it. But it did build a little bit of excitement for that fatal four-way Ring of Honor world title match at full gear, which I think should be excellent because all four guys in that match are excellent. So Danielson wasted no time going after Guevara with some strikes. Top rope drop kick sent Guevara out to the floor. Uh, Tay Conti tried to get involved there, and uh, all of a sudden he gets blasted, did Brian, with a steel chair. Sammy blasted him in the head with a steel chair. 
intentionally gets himself disqualified, and Danielson quickly, after about three minutes or so, is up one fall to zero with a DQ that Sammy wanted and did on purpose. And I loved it. I thought this was a great move because when you see these two out of three falls, somebody like Brian Danielson in there, you want to get the fucking advantage for most of the, the match and give yourself the best chance to win, Jesse. He went right for the kill using an illegal weapon. Figures, I got another fall. Let me beat the shit out of him. I'll get the second fall, and then I'll get the second, uh, the third fall. So this was a nice play and a nice uh, brain maneuver by, uh, by Sammy Guevara. So I thought, I thought you might not like this one. I, I thought that you might feel that um, it's done too much. Every time there's a two out of three falls, the heel fucking cheats and gives up the first fall and then gets it back, and then they do the... That, that seems to be the, the, the way they always book a two out of three falls match. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, the match was great, though. I love the match. Well, it was a smart move regardless. Uh, Sammy doing it, I mean, it, it made him look like he was thinking uh, ahead in the match, which is always a good thing. Um, he fucked him up with that chair, man. Yeah, he got his hands up, though. Brian got his hands up. Uh, so was did, that a blade job? Probably. Because look at him. I, mean, I can't it, imagine why they would have that man take a fucking steel chair shot to the head. Yeah. And like his nose is fucked up, too. It like that chair hit him pretty good. All right, well, maybe it did catch him a little bit, but I think he might have gotten his hands up. Dennis was bleeding. Up. It didn't get him flush. It didn't get him square, but I think it got him. He, he was bleeding around the left eye. Um... And then um, Guevara goes for a pump knee, GTH, quickly, tied at 1-1. So we got most of the match happening in the third fall till the end. Guevara lit up Danielson with some strikes. Spanish fly, tried the Spanish fly off the top, and he slipped a little bit. And then he corrected himself. Uh, I was waiting for the the crowd to start chanting, you fucked up, but he corrected himself pretty quickly. Uh, Danielson threw him off. Danielson locked uh, uh, eyes on Sammy and delivered the top rope headbutt. I don't know why he's continuing to do that move off the top rope, but it makes me cringe every time he does it. So he goes right for a LaBelle lock. Danielson got, uh, Guevara actually applied the LaBelle lock, not Danielson. He, Danielson got to the rope, breaks the hold, and we got Danielson firing up. More headbutts, wiped Guevara out with a springboard attempt into a Busaiko knee. Guevara went to the outside where Danielson hit a charging knee off the apron, hit a few kicks to follow. Guevara turned it around, hit a charging drop kick right to the face. So Danielson is rolling towards a cover here. Mello pulled out the referee, and she got ejected for trying to cheat. And forearms right to the face of both guys. Uh, and Danielson ended up suplexing Guevara into the corner right on top of his head. Danielson went for a superplex. Guevara hit a charging knee, sent Danielson to the floor. Guevara hit a huge shooting star press. And that looked great. Guevara then tried to hit a double jump cutter, landed right into a cross arm breaker. Danielson transitioned into his LaBelle lock. Guevara got a rope break. He tried for another GTH when he got back to his feet, but Danielson counted into a poison rana, which landed Sammy right on right in the back of his neck. Guevara counted into a Busaiko knee, into a, uh, he counted a Busaiko knee into the walls of Jericho, uh, which ended up being a lion tamer. And then Danielson got a rope break. Another GTS attempt missed. Danielson this time hit the Busaiko knee. Knuckle lock led to Guevara hitting a moonsault DDT. And then he went for a swanton. Danielson got the knees up. Anvil elbows. LaBelle lock. Guevara didn't want to tap, so Danielson cranked it in. And then Guevara ended up verbally saying, I quit. And that was the match. And Danielson wins ahead of the Fatal 4-Way going into... 
the Full Gear pay-per-view where he will challenge Jericho, uh, Claudio, and Sammy for the Ring of Honor Championship. All in all, Jesse, a great main event to a, I want to say, decent but lackluster dynamite. It was a lot better than it was last week, but our complaints are valid, our criticisms are valid, and I think we are both kind of just like blah about the AW product right now, which I think is relatively cold. Yeah, I was going to shit on that Swanton spot at the end because it, you, it because the camera caught Brian positioning himself under Sammy for the move. Yeah. And I'm like, God, dude, I mean, I mean, it was just so blatant. He's just scooting over there, you know, but the fact that he got his knees up for the counter, I'm like, okay. Then he was doing it to get in that spot because he already planned on going for the counter. Okay. But sliding his ass over there, then taking the move just would have taken just all of the fucking you know, heat right out of it. But love this match, man. How many times can we say that, you know, Brian Danielson is a fucking pro wrestler? And Sammy's great, too. I can't take anything away from Sammy. Sam, Sammy is Sammy is always been good. Man. Yeah. I, I know Sammy gets a lot of heat, you know, and, and um, rightfully so. You know, I've, I've given him his fair share and everything else. The, the heat with him and, and Tay... It's starting to come down for me because they're now portrayed as heels, and yep. you know, and it's a part of the storyline, which is fine because they were, you know, baby face at first, but it's fine, it's fine. Um, Sammy's amazing in the ring, just flat out a fucking amazing, and I think his career is gonna go to fantastic places if he just matures a little bit. He needs to mature a little bit. And that is all we got, guys. We got uh, super chats to get into. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us on your Wednesday nights. Continue to hit that thumbs up, please. I need a thousand minimum on the AW Dynamite post show. We only got 706. I don't know what's going on, but get them on in. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out with our cold beverages, and the VIP room is always accepting new applications. So make sure you guys get those channel memberships in and go check out all the other content that you might have missed on the channel. I will be live tomorrow afternoon with your midweek extra which I think I'm going to do a little bit more often. So I will be live around 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon with uh, all of your uh, wrestling news up until this point in the week. So look forward to that tomorrow afternoon. We're going to start at the top here with the Super Chats. I want to go to Joseph Taylor. Two things. Top five Fozzy songs and top five Undertaker match. Bro, listen, I could be here all night, bro. I mean, holy shit. My top five Fozzy songs, mostly, most most of them are on their original, their first album. The, Fozzy was a cover band to start. So I want you to go listen to Happenstance, To Kill a Stranger, With the Fire, and, and songs like that. Those those are my favorite Fozzy songs. Judas is great, and then um, um, Dark Passenger, number five. And the top five Undertaker matches, bro, uh, I mean, I'm going to give you my top Undertaker match. WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels, Mankind, 1996, King of the Ring. Yes. Hell in a Cell. I mean, Bret Hart at the 1997 SummerSlam. I mean, I could go on and on about The Undertaker. Batista at WrestleMania. Edge. I don't think anything will ever CM be Punk. more iconic than the Hell in a Cell match with Foley. Yeah. And, and that's saying a lot. That's not saying the rest of them suck. That means out of all of the fantastic fucking spots and matches he's had, 
this one still stands atop. Yeah. That's going to last uh, the test of time until we're all off of this earth. Yes. Also, Joseph Taylor with another $5 super chat. JD, I told you that Jeff, Jay, Darby, and Sting would happen at full gear. Yes, you did, bro. I think everybody kind of knew. I was hoping. Uh, yeah, we were hoping not, but but yes. It is happening at full gear, and hopefully uh, it does deliver on the 19th. Uh, Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Brian has outgrown the BCC. He is better by himself. I don't know. What do you think about that, bro? No, I, I actually, I, I like the BCC the way it was originally. I like how they brought in Yuta. Um, so Claudio fits in the BCC. He really does. But I just feel like it was a, a, a better group, a, a tighter group when it was just, you know, the three guys there with Regan. Um, since Claudio's been there, I mean, it feels like they've just taken Brian out of it a little bit, yep. you know, and that I don't like. So that's why I'm like, I, I would rather have seen Claudio do something else if this is the direction they were going to end up going in. JP5150 with a $10 super chat. JD, I just don't buy into Soraya's hype anymore. She can talk good, maybe even give us a reason to care about her comeback, but the women's division will still continue to suffer from lack of care. Yeah. It's just the way it is, bro. I mean, the division is booked very weak. So, to respond to that, when I remember when Tony Storm came in and everybody was on the Tony Storm hype train, and I was sitting here taking heat for saying something along the lines of, I'm not excited because it's not going to mean shit because I'm not going to do anything with it. And here we are right now. And she's women's champion. Yep. And she's women's champion, bro. And they're not doing shit with her. Tony Brown with a 499 super chat. Booty meat lovers. Yeah, that was oh, a lot of that was a lot Brown. of meat tonight, bro. Holy shit. Woo! Yeah, Tony Brown in my mentions on Twitter, and he's not even here. Daniel Bravo with a three-month recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you so much, Daniel Bravo. Hey JD, I thought that tonight Dynamite was really good. Can't wait for the elite to come back at full gear. Should be good. They need some excitement, bro. If the Elite brings that, I'm all for it. Skinner becomes a new member. Skinner, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight? Tang 484. Thoughts on Brock Lesnar versus Orange Cassidy? No, thank you. I don't know why we're talking about Brock Lesnar when he would never wrestle anybody in AEW. Not today, Jay, with a 499 Super Chat. Sasha is still under contract with WWE. AEW marks need to chill the fuck out. They got played big time, bro. Sasha played the marks. Good. PMAC with a $5 super chat. Yo, Jesse, you taking the family to see Black Panther? Got my son and my daughter tickets already. Wish they would have recasted uh, T. Carla. T. Charla. Rest in peace, Bozeman. T'Challa. Oh, no. He wants to recast T'Challa. No, no, you can't. You can't, man. I mean, Chad, Chad, Chadwick is is it always going to be like that. I wouldn't be kidding. Am I taking the family? No. Um, why? Because my home theater is better than any movie theater. That's there you go. And and not only that, movies are coming home from theater ten times faster than they used to pre-pandemic. So Black Panther comes out what this week? 
it, it'll be home. It, it, it'll probably be home before Christmas. Yeah. Skinner with a 499 Super Chat. Bro, I'm so sick and tired of seeing Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh on TV every week. AEW's Omas. Get him yes. out. Yes. Yeah, I, I think we're both are, bro. Agreed. Did you see CJ Perry on Twitter today? No. Oh, I sent it to you. You sent it to me where? My phone? In your phone, just now. This is what CJ Perry posted on Twitter uh, five hours ago. Yeah, right before... Right before Dynamite. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know if that was a tease that he was going to return tonight or what. I don't know, but, uh, I mean. <laughs> Give her what her is, own emotes. What did she say? Has anyone seen Miro? His hot, flexible wife hasn't seen him since he left to battle his god. Bro, what is she wearing? Nothing at all. Check out CJ Perry on Twitter. Good shit. Okay, Miro. Okay, Miro. Uh, I could could see why he's not on television. He is a busy man, bruh. I could see why he's not on television. Um, He is a busy man. uh, PMAC with another $5 Super Jet. Black Panther on Friday. Got my tickets for a Laker game on Sunday. And brand new season of Yellowstone on Sunday. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait for that. I, I was thinking about starting Yellowstone. You need to. All right, maybe it's going to be one of them shows where you, uh, one's not going to be enough, right? You're going to sit down and watch it like Breaking Bad. All right, all right. I'm going to do that. Uh, Skinner with a 199 Super Jack. Full gear, more like slow gear. Basic with a 499. The moment celebrities and rappers winning the AW Championship, AW wrestlers need to start looking for employment someplace else. Uh, who, who's celebrity and rapper is going to win the AW Championship? I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about, Basic. Uh, P-Mac with a $5 and a $2. The character best on Yellowstone would would you hit because those crazy chicks be having some of the best pee. Okay. I'm going to check out Yellowstone. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I have to I have to re re uh, uh, affiliate myself with the craziness that is Yellowstone. Uh, still watching P- CJ here. Yeah. Yeah, CJ Perry in Yellowstone. Uh, P-Mac with a $2 Super Chat. Meant to say Beth. Yes, Beth is... Beth is... Weirdly attractive in her own ways, bro. Even though she's a fucking psychopath. Uh, and that's Beth on the Yellowstone show. Not not Beth, uh, you know... Beth Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Basic with a four ninety nine. The Elite probably put a hold on the trio's division. They waited till Kenny came back so they could win the belts. You're probably right. Michael Mirza with a $10 Super Chat. Miro is missing. Tony Storm is allowed on the mic. Wardlow is still doing squash matches. Trio's titles are MIA. JJ is on my TV. Ring of Honor is eating AEW. Stories are disappearing. I just missed the old AEW. A lot of complaints there, bro. I can't really argue with any one of them. Skinner with a 99 cents. Thank you, bro. No message. Matt C with a 499. AEW needs to get rid of the All-Atlantic Championship. Less titles, the more prestigious. Move Rampage to 7 p.m. on Fridays. What do you guys think? Yeah, Rampage needs to be. Uh... No, man, you can't move it to. You can't move it to 7 p.m. on Friday. You don't want to compete this month. No. You have to go to Thursday. Thursday, yeah. 
if we go to Thursday or Saturday night is not a good spot. Basketball's on TNT, right? Do they have any basketball on TBS? Uh, yeah, all over the place, man. All over the place. It's so, going to be tough. Jamarcus it, Shaw with a 499. What's good, OTS fam? What's good, JD and Jesse? Hope y'all having a great night. What the fuck are y'all drinking? Jamarcus, hopefully you have a cold beverage, bro. Thank you. Uh, the Three Kings with a 499 Super Chat. To prevent injury, I hope they limit Soraya to four pay-per-views only. She should never be wrestling on TV until proven otherwise. I absolutely agree. Well, we're not her doctors, though. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't, we're not the professionals. We don't know. Our, our doctors might have proof of otherwise. I just hope that her health is where it needs to be to do everything she wants to do, as opposed to her finally just finding a doctor that would clear her all the way out in California, apparently. Yep. So. Yeah, bro, you could watch Yellowstone on Peacock, bro. They got all four first seasons, and then the new season is on uh, Paramount+. Plus. So you got if you got Peacock, you got it for free. Or for, for your subscription. Um, Phil with a 999. JJ is already overstaying his welcome. Double J, that is. Uh, overstaying is welcome. He's not good for AWTB. I feel like TK is just trying to get enough through full gear. There's no sense of urgency. I hope next week when I am there, it's a better show. Jeremy Lewis with a $5 Super Chat. I was thinking about it, but you said it. Impact on AEW. TK is on Busted Open every week, but it's no surprise he's being negatively influenced. Cheers. Lakers lost again? Jesus Christ. Oh, well. The fuck, man? Phil with a 499. Is it wrong of me that sometimes I forget that Tony Storm is an interim AEW Women's Champion? It's not a good look. Hope all is well. OTS for life. Uh, no, you are not wrong, bro. It's not a good look at all. Keandra Blue with a 999. What's good, JD and Jesse? Can Jesse do some of the WWE premium live event pay per views? Reviews? No. no Unless man. Jesse wants to. Why would he want to? I don't know why. Why do y'all hate me so much? Really would love to hear your insight on the Triple H era. Best duo in the IWC. By the way, it's Keandre. You want my you want my opinions on the Triple H era? Join my join my channel and hang out on my dark reviews and rampage reviews. Because truth be told, there's not a lot fucking going on. No. On dark or rampage. So we just shoot this shit on any other thing going on in wrestling. Any other topic, anything that my chat wants to talk about. So follow. R.A. with a 199. He simply says, Popeye's chicken. No, bro. No. I don't eat junk food. Jamarcus Shaw with a 499. With everything that went on with Monday night and Seth, do y'all think he secretly turned babyface? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth low-key turned babyface. They, they needed a babyface. Yeah. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. I watched eight minutes of Yellowstone. I effing love it. Bro, I don't know how you love it after watching eight minutes. And Robert Hurt with a 21-month membership. Robert, thank you so much, brother. What the fuck are you drinking? And thank you for 21 months in the VIP club. Guys, that's so, all we got. Slow night tonight. Kane Velasquez is out. Does Triple H book him? Kane Velasquez is out of where? Jail? Jail, yeah. No. After no, what we not? saw of it, no. No, I'm no, but yeah, he sucks. Don't get me wrong. But the PR moves. Game Velasquez is 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 
held as a hero in a lot of circles, man, for what he did. Now, we'll leave it up to the crown prince in Saudi Arabia, bro. Maybe he books him. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that's true. They're going to need stars after uh, Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. Who else they got? What other match they got to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, guys, uh, we are about to get out of here. One more Super Chat. No more Super Chats, no. One more. Oh, no, one, one more, one more. We got, oh, 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 oh. my goodness. Oh, oh my God. Look at that Super Chat. Holy from, shit. From Not Today, J499. TK has a lot of guys that came from WWE and he doesn't know what to do with them. Indeed. Right. All right. That's it. No more super chat. And then guys. rage with a one hundred dollar super chat. Oh, oh my rage. goodness. AEW has been weak as of late, which is sad. I miss the old AEW. Also, can I get a shout out for my channel, Raging Girl Gamer? I do wrestling reactions and play different games. I, I urge everybody to go follow Rage. Yes. Rage, leave it in the chat. Absolutely. Rage, leave your link in the chat. Go follow Rage on YouTube. Uh, and Keandre, uh, 199. Thanks, bro. I've been watching you guys for years. OTS for life with the 199 super chat. Thank you so much, man. Oh, quick shit. Join my channel and find out how you can enter the raffle to win a PlayStation 5 before Christmas. There you go. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Go to Jesse's channel and do that, guys. Uh, listen, I'll be live again tomorrow afternoon with some extra. We got a, a midweek extra coming to just fill you in on everything that's happened. So join me then. Uh, if you guys are following me on YouTube, subscribe. You guys will get the notification. If not, follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And please hit that thumbs up, guys. If you guys are still in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, hit that thumbs up. The trunk of the car stinks. I would really appreciate it. Uh, my car does not smell, bro, ever. Anyway, I'm going to need those Mustang emojis in the chat. I'm going to need those rock on emojis in the chat. I'm going to need those ace emojis in the chat. And I'll see you guys live tomorrow for OTS Extra right here on the channel, guys. I'll see you later. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.